Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Boy, it is John Boy time, I'm afraid. I am your host, John Francis Fahey. Joining me as ever, the pinnacle and perfection of perversion. You're going to like the way he looks. I, Aaron Piet, a man I'll love till the day I die. Aaron Joseph Peter. That's me. That's you. And um, I always... Drinkos. <laughs> Pee-pee. Your Honor, uh, yeah, how could I have peed your Honor <laughs> if Honor barely know, know her? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I might, I, I'm also known as David... Michelangelo's David Duchovny. Michelangelo's David Duke. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and my sinners, some are ready, some are not. But I'll be here, man. Whenever you're ready, okay, you know, just cool. come, just come on over. Oh, hey. really? Yeah, Matt. Oh, nice. Are you ready? To your right, my left, so. handsome Matt Brousseau, the Frenchman henchman, the pinnacle of Gaul. I nailed that one. The height of Gaul. The tall, the tall gal. Yeah, the tall gal. Matt Brousseau. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? The frog with the hog. Oh yeah, that's, that's good. right. That's good. Let's bring that one back. Yeah. Um, when did you use that one? Last. last yeah, the very I last. The, the very last time we were recorded. Hmm. Yeah, you yeah. were like, oh, it's not really a hog, and he was like, oh, is that? Oh tusks? right, that's right. Again, I said, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Hot TikTok. <laughs> fellas, uh, fellas, ready? Uh, I do get a hype. Uh, was just uh, past Halloween here. I did uh, lyrics to go podcast talking about the Monster Mash. Mm, you don't like that song. I don't like that song at all. And uh, I'm a guest on there. If you want to hear me expound upon my hatred of of that, um, and you know other shit, it was a really fun time. Uh, Mark, you know, I, I fucking known forever and, uh, it was really fun doing their show. Their show's pretty cool. They just, you know, lyrics are really dumb. Yeah. They're really funny and they do a good job fucking with them. You know, uh, it was a really good time. Check that out. How do they fuck with them? I mean, they'll just break it down, you know, like lyric by lyric for a full song. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, you know, one single lyric, like, I mean, we were fucking with, uh, Rockwell. Yeah. All week. When I'm in the shower. I'm afraid to wash my hair. <laughs> but I've hasn't seen someone standing, standing there. I'm crazy. Just a little touch. Maybe Charles Ryan me. I'll say I go to him. Have you thought of that? Maybe Charles. Maybe before you sh trigger shame. Rockwell. Trauma shame. Me. Rockwell. The, like like son of Barry Gordy. Son of Barry Gordy. Uh, like is like a mm. hyper like like Peter Pan British for some reason. Huh. I'm in the shower. <laughs> I'm to wash my hair. I wonder who's watching me now. Who? The IRA. Yeah, his, yep, his, yep. his. I did. I did it on. Uh, I sang it on after I saw you on Halloween at at uh, Woody's. Uh, my buddy Woody's birthday party, mm -hmm. and I I was like just thinking about it, and they were like, "You have to sing," and I was like, "Luckily, <laughs> I've got a song I want to sing." You know, because mm -hmm. usually I'm like, "Oh no, stop." But no, I've been thinking about that song so much, so I sang it, and just like the freak out at the end, where he's like. Anymore. It's the mailman watching. <laughs> you know what he says? Like, the neighbor's watching. What is the mailman watching me? 
I honestly I don't know the song. Oh God, it's, it's you know the song. Maybe. So, uh, Michael Jackson it, sings the hook. I always feel like somebody's, somebody's watching. watching. It's like the uh, other giant right, Halloween song. Right. Yeah. It's also and, Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's so right, weird. Right. And it's just, you know, Motown. So Barry Gore is getting like Michael Jackson to sing backups. On a, like biggest artist in the world, he's like, yeah, can you do just my son's backups? Yeah, he probably he probably owed him something, you know. <laughs> yeah, his so entire they're, career. They're, they're hiding. They're like we want to, we want to talk about some things. If you just sing backup on this one, no, maybe somebody's watching him. Yeah, at least he feels like it. Um, I, I there's a weird thing that happened to me today. No, it's uh, it's not. It's just it's just a weird little thing that I want to share, and it's kind of kind of L.A. ish. Um, Do- Wait, you got Do- your tits done. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird, yeah. and it's little. <laughs> uh, I was uh, fucking, Dodger was talking to me, and he goes, I watched a documentary about Suge Knight, and he goes, um, he lives in Jimmy from uh, Casino's house. And I was like, I've seen Casino a million fucking times. What the fuck, who's Jimmy in Casino? And then I just Googled, who's, who's Jimmy in Casino? And it turns out, of course, he's talking about Robert De Niro, who's named Sam. He's named Jimmy in Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sam Roth. Sam Rothstein. That's right, Aaron. Very good. So anyway, Suge Knight apparently lived in that house, which is weird on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I think I was driving or something. And so I like Googled, of, you know, via voice. I was like, who's Jimmy in Casino? <laughs> right? And uh, and then it brings me back to this little thing about this guy named Jimmy Casino that was out here, a white dude, like a blonde white dude who was out here in the OC, and he had a strip club. Cool. And it was bringing in, I think, like 150 grand a month in, like, the 80s. And and some, and some coke. Uh, he was... So the weird thing is that he was a uh, he was teetotal, as they say. He was a teetotaler. Yes, but he was. <laughs> but he still had like a fucking like like he was like he was killed with his twenty uh, two year old girlfriend. Uh, she was not killed. Uh, they came home together, and there was just like hitmen in the house. Mm-hmm. I guess there was like a, like a weird like mob takeover of um, of the strip club because then there was the next guy that took over from him. He was shot. Right, and then there was a huge bouncer um, that they said was looked like such a goon that he was hired to be a mob goon in the movies, um, but he was shot. <laughs> so like, so um, you know, like basically, like, people just like were like, "Oh, this fucking." And and I guess he owed money all over town. He had like the guys. There was two hitmen that came in. They had silencers like on their guns and everything. Well, they did the. What they they put like the they put a pillow in front of it. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. They had These real, guys were real pros. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And they told the guy's girlfriend, uh, who they sexually assaulted, uh, that they were getting paid to be there, uh, which is like, why would you even volunteer that? Do you think, <laughs> do you think she's like, oh, I thought this was sport, you know? <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm doing this for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or for fun. So, uh, yeah, they, um. Listen, I don't want to be sexually assaulting you, but I'm paid to be here. Uh, right. <laughs> Job's a job. So yeah, so Jimmy Casino, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Casino. He had yeah, he had he had a hot dog stand, cowboy hot dogs. That was like he got all these investors for cowboy hot dog. Yeah, did he start as Jimmy Hot Dog? Said I don't know, but he, he was he you know he had like a couple of like you know counterfeit twenty scams. He was coming up, you know, there was some bullshit, but he was just always a fraudulent guy, always. Mm. And you know, but he he was like they were like he was not into drugs and he was not into. Um, you know, drinking, but and he would actually 
at the strip club, he would read the Bible to the strippers. Huh? Oh, and, and like, warn them against drugs and prostitution. And then be like, all right, girls, let's go shake them titties and shit. Wow. Right? <laughs> Seriously. But, uh, you know. This guy cares. Yeah, but, but he was, I mean, he defrauded. Uh, yeah, about what? He, he defrauded all of these people. Um, he's, maybe he's just reading it to himself, and they just started gathering. And they were, they were just like, people were like, th- he was just one of these guys that could sell anybody anything, you know? Um, and... You know, he's no, like, no, like a, a bunch of like, you know, like high, high end Hollywood bills. So apparently like he seemed to be um, indebted to what they called the Mickey Mouse Mafia, which was like the OC area, uh, you know, hoodlums. <laughs> they called them the Mickey Mouse Mafia. Isn't that nice, Aaron? You like that? Yeah. Because a because a lot of them were just, you know. It's fucking Mickey Mouse operation. Yeah, yeah. They were like guys that would do fucked up shit. And it's also or, the or, Orange County, Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And also very Disneyland like, is down there. Kind of like Wonderland time too, where like we talked about like the level of thugs involved with that. Yeah. Like they're like heroin addicts or coke addicts and like then like suddenly they're killing somebody, you know. But I can't. Im- I just thinking about Wonderland, man. I can't imagine wanting to coke so much that you'd lick that guy's asshole. I know. With you got to think about how much coke they're doing. Yeah, yeah, but they're, like they're not thinking. Now they're, here's de- they're definitely here's not thinking the straight. Now the mouth is straight. totally numb, right? <laughs> so if you're ever gonna do it, ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. <sighs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail that. Get back to the. I mean, just you. you act like I couldn't imagine wanting anything so bad. Uh, check I, out like, the uh, eat up Eddie Nash's asshole. Check out the John Holmes uh, Eddie Nash episode. You, you, you just sound like you're disappointed. Yeah, I am. I'm very disappointed in those young ladies. Yeah. Anyway, he loves anybody drinking pee. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's not shit. It's sure not shit. And you're not doing it for coke. It's number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're doing it because it's Diet Coke for the taste of it, baby. So, so, yeah, so yeah, it's the right way to do it. Um, But so, you know, this this dude, uh, just a character, you know, really, like, like, I, like I was like, oh, gee, there, there's a guy... I go on like a, a wild goose chase because my friend says something dumb. Yeah. And then I come across the story of Jimmy Casino. And the Mickey Mouse Mafia. And the Mickey Mouse Mafia. Reading fucking Psalms 23 to strip <laughs> And And, uh, <laughs> and uh, then, like, so later, like, way, way later um, in Hawaii, this guy gets a DUI, gets blood taken, and uh, is arrested from DNA evidence from the sexual assault for the murder of Jimmy Casino. Whoa. Uh, you know, like... He oh. left his, his spunk all around there. Or blood or something. Yeah. You, Aaron, they, they, if you're getting paid to do something, you should not leave evidence. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I hope those guys got their money back. They, uh... <laughs> well, well the, the thing was is that it seemed like it was so much definitely uh, Mickey Mouse Mafia, or God only knows, it could be somebody else that he owed money to. It could be this, the Minnie Mouse Mafia. This, yeah, this, could, this guy was... Beach Boy Mafia. Yeah, sure. It could be the Donald could Duck. Be Steamboat Willie's... Uh, <laughs> Cosa Nostra. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Rivals over in Toontown. <laughs> yeah. The Roger Rabbit racketeering. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll let you get this done. done. I know you're going through the whole list in your I'm head. I'm done now. I'll you're, come up with one later. You're looking for alliteration, I can yeah, tell. That's right. You're like the Donald Duck, what the fuck? Don't you? Donald Duck, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I'll be thinking about all that. So. But anyway, um, yeah, this this dude was convicted for. I mean, because because they were also sent there to be like it was clearly like should always just do the breathalyzer, man. Didn't have to give blood, bro. 
You wanted to be a hotshot. You want to be like, oh, a lawyer says fucking take, do the blood test. Yeah, go to a hospital. I, I like the idea. Of you this. forgot you raped somebody, idiot, and murdered, and murdered. And then and you're like, murdered. and you're like, man, I gotta chill out. I need to go to Hawaii. <laughs> well, we, yeah. What? No, man, that makes that's man. The, that's, Hawaii's rough. I gotta chill out. I need a drink. That's the only part that makes sense. Yeah, is going to Hawaii. I know. Well, also, Dog the Bounty Hunter is there too. So let's you gonna get. Let's you. not give Hawaii too much credit. Well, <laughs> it's a very chill place, <laughs> right? Uh, there's a lot of meth. That's why it's so chill. <laughs> they call it ice. <laughs> but That's uh chill. They they were like clearly like under orders to just like grab every credit card, um, you know, any of like the fur coats and then uh two of the luxury uh, automobiles. So they did leave behind one Rolls Royce. Do you so, know what the other two luxury automobiles were? I don't, but if they're leaving behind a Rolls, that says a lot. Uh but that's just one of those things where it's like they said, like, this guy's addiction was just the lifestyle, just money. And, like, fucking, you know, it was known mm. people wanted him dead and just thought he was going to talk his way out of everything. Like, Damn. you know, so weird. And, like, you know, there's, like, not, like, you know, a lot of, it, like, attention in California around organized crime and stuff like that. So it's Because it's a Mickey Mouse operation. <laughs> but also, you or know. Or maybe they're doing their job right. Or they're, oh, yeah, or they're so entwined. Uh, the thing I always think sometimes is, like, maybe just the studio system was so much the better mob. Yeah. <laughs> that there was no room to move in. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, like, or you could just be, like, like Bugsy, Bugsy Siegel was out here, but then Bugsy Siegel really just focused on, like, Vegas. And he just yeah. had, like, a house here. Yeah. And he was actually yeah. murdered here. Yeah. But you know what I mean. But you never really hear about yeah, an organized crime. Really, the the entertainment industry kind of took over, and then like, yeah. If I think if anybody's bribing the cops, it's coming from like that sort of thing in or that in that inside the cops in that era. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, that was just a little thing I want to tell you guys. A little Jimmy Casino, Jimmy tale, Casino, huh? that's and fun. The Mickey Mouse Mafia, that's fun. I like that. Oh boy, uh, give me all your money. Words. Don't use coke. <laughs> Uh, but I guess I, I got another guy I kind of, you know, can sell anybody anything because I want to talk about uh, the subject of, of espionage. Espionage. Yes. Spycraft. Um, Spycraft. Spycraft. Uh, the gentleman in question was, uh, are you familiar with uh, Ian Fleming? Yes, I am familiar with Ian Fleming. He's the author of the James Bond series of uh, books and uh, the, the films films with, by which they are based, off yes. which they are based. You're correct. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> I, think, he, I thought he answered the question pretty well. Yeah, yeah, just so long. Um, he said about our subject tonight that he was uh, the man he regards as the most formidable spy in history. Jimmy Spy. I might know this one. You I'm might. I'm not going to say anything about it. Uh, Tom Clancy. Familiar with Tom Clancy or anything at all? Yes, he does the the Rainbow Six type of stuff, uh, the, the a series of books um, uh, uh, and video video games of which they are based. Mm -hmm. Very good. That is correct, sir. He said he was the best spy of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, the essayist Lance Morrow said the spy who changed the world. Uh, Carl Bernstein, Matt, familiar with at mm -hmm. all? Yeah. Um, of uh, Woodward and Bernstein. That's exactly right, Aaron. You are correct, sir. He said uh, we have um, uh, somehow ignored his story whose exploits helped change history. Um, Frederick Forsyth said, The spies in history who can save from their graves the information I supplied to my masters, for better or worse, altered the history of our planet, can be counted on the fingers of one hand. This man is in that group. Yeah. And that's some wild shit. It is. Our gentleman that we're going to be talking about today is Ricard Sorge. 
Mm-hmm. You spell that for me? That is S O R G E. Okay. And that is a German name. And it is uh, rather rare because um, it's uh, also a word in German. And its meaning is uh, closest, uh, I think, synonym it would be a, a melancholy, mm. which is fascinating because mm-hmm. this guy was anything but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, uh, are, are I've you, heard of this guy, yeah. But yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, really? Based on the, the, the two quotes that you said, one was the... Ian Fleming calling him, calling him the best spy in history, and yes. the one saying that you can count on one hand the spy or the spy who changed the world. One of those things. Yes. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, a, a very, you know, uh, surface level understanding or you know uh, familiarity with. So please, he en- was enlighten us all. Really, mm-hmm. enlighten us, please. Uh, nine children, youngest of, uh, of Gustav Wilhelm Richard Sorge, uh, and he was a German mining engineer. Uh, from the uh, Deutsche Petroleum Company in uh, the, uh, this is in Azerba- Azerbaijan, mm. uh, which is now, you know, it's Russian Empire, 19- 1895, excuse me. And uh, the company had him there mining, and uh, his wife was Russian, and he moved back, uh, you know, he made a lot of money there, and he moved to Germany in 1898, and he said, uh, he was like, I was, you know, aware that I was coming from Azerbaijan and then going to Berlin, very young age. And he started going to, uh, you know, uh, school, you know, when he was six. And his father was uh, very much a German imperialist, very much nationalist. And um, it was sort of, you know, a little bit of, of, of a different, like, influx, you know, because of his, his mother's side of the family that, you know, he would be kind of introduced to things like Marx and Engels and stuff like that uh, at a young age. And um, when he was, when, in 1914, he was 18, World War One breaks out, and he enlisted, and he was on the Western Front, 1916, badly wounded, um... The shrapnel tore off three of his fingers. Dude. It broke both of his legs. It gave him a limp that would last his life. Uh, he was um, promoted to corporal. He received the Iron Cross, um, medically discharged. Um, and he was a soldier for the German Yes, army? yes, for the Kaiser. It's the Kaiser. And... Um, mm. it's it, This is like a weird thing uh, where... Uh, his biographer kind of talks about like everybody that was coming out of this at this age in Germany, uh, Germany would go through all of this conflict in the ensuing years. Um, you know, there was like tumult and like mini revolutions and all this kind of stuff. And Germany was really finding itself after that. And a lot of it was because people on the front lines of that war felt betrayed by the older generation. And were like, we were just pawns being used. We were mm-hmm. sent into like a fucking meat grinder and this is fucking bullshit. And I'm angry and I want to change things. But so like he like they were saying like Hitler wounded at another Berlin hospital very same time came out of the war again with the same kind of rage, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just so happens that Richard Sorge would put his all into communist stuff, you know, and, you know, Adolf was going this way. But like he was just saying they all shared this kind of anger Mm -hmm. that. Push them to all of these different political things, 
But also the thing he really had there too that would serve so well in his espionage career was, you know, serving in that war is one thing. Being wounded in that war is another. Mm -hmm. And everybody that's going to come up in the Nazi era is going to look at you in a way that you're almost like more Nazi than the Nazis. (laughs) Because, you know what I mean? It's like... Hitler would, you know, kind of like draw up, you know, the romanticism of that war and the people that fought for the empire, you know. And so he always had, a, you know. He's a goddamn war hero. He was a war hero, you know. But he goes into, you know, more socialist type shit. And he's, you know, just really fucking pissed, really angry. And uh, he becomes a communist. Uh, and a lot of it was because he was being nursed to health. And really, like, like the father of one of those nurses, like, he developed a friendship with, and that guy was a communist? Mm-hmm. So that's, like, a thing, too, where, like, you imagine, like, being on the mend and then having, like, some kind of, like, ideological thing coming in. You know what I mean? And actually part of your body getting better is, like, you know, taking in this new information. is very interesting, mm. you know? And um, he was a captive audience, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the legs and the fingers. Let me tell you something. You so, heard of? <laughs> as the war goes on, uh, he's studying economics in Berlin and Hamburg. Uh, he sees the Sailors' Mutiny, uh, which uh, start, helped uh, begin the German Revolution, and uh, he joined the Sailors' Mutiny. The Sailors' Mutiny. Yeah, well, I never heard of that. That was uh, the Kiel Mutiny. It was uh, a major revolt uh, by sailors of the German High Seas Fleet on the third of November, nineteen eighteen. It triggered the German Revolution, which was to sweep aside the monarchy within a few days. It ultimately led to the end of the German Empire and to the establishment of the Weimar. The Weimar Republic? So this is what, you know, uh, we're talking about with, like, the ensuing revolutions that happened before Mm -hmm. the Second World War and the rise of, you know. um, And, you know, in this time, too, uh, you know, like, on the international stage of, of communism... Russia wouldn't have been the like the biggest star, you know, the like like pre like you know the revolution like the German Communist Party would have been far larger and viewed as far more significant. You know, it was thought that like oh Germany might go communist, you know, because they were um, so purveyant, and it also made them great boogeymen for Hitler too, right? Because they're they are such a possibility, right? Um. So, you know, the International Communist Party, they weren't really seeing Russia coming up as being, you know, the ones. But once they, like, had, you know, gained control of the state and the means of production and all that stuff, then they ended up using, you know, the International Communist Party as basically, like, a spy and recruitment racket. Mm. You know? <laughs> they were just like, hey, this thing's just sitting here. <laughs> you know? And, and there's, you know... um, there's an interesting level of cynicism there too, where you go like from the beginning, how much did Lenin and everybody already want to stay just as imperialist as the monarchy right. from the get go. Right. Um, and it seems like they did. It seems like a lot of the imperialist stuff still stayed with it. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, power's power, right? right. Like, I just think that it's so hard to, you know, you can change the, you know, the coat of paint on the house, but it's still like the same it's, structure. It's going, like, yeah, we'll it, do it. Has it. An, there's an architecture to power, right? You know? mm-hmm. And like, we'll do it, but good. Yeah, you we'll, know, we'll put an addition on the yeah. porch, and it, we'll paint it and 
move this window. It's like, okay, it's still the same house. Oh, yeah. right. It's still rotten to the core. Like, it's, that how- thing, it's that thing, too, though, where, like, um, you know, a, a great minuscule uh, thing, I'm sure I said before, but uh, my dad used as an example... It was like, you know, Lennon's wife having a mink coat. Right. The state wants and the, the people want her to have a mink coat when she meets yeah. the Queen of England or whatever the case may be. They want her to look the part. And it's mm-hmm. just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know, at least Fidel was wearing fatigues. <laughs> well, like, like, like the people do or the people are told they do. Well, well he's the, sto- he's the, just the saying. story is, the story is, oh, the people. That's what right. he, that was his excuse. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the people go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so both of your suggestions are correct. Exactly. Um, so he, he he goes to Berlin, and um, he is too late for the Spartacist uprising. You familiar with the Spartacist uprising? Well, he just got there, and he went, they went, oh, we did that yesterday. And he's like, ah. Yeah, general strike, uh, uh, seven days in Berlin, 1919. And, uh, you know, he, but he would, you know, get involved in these kind of local struggles and stuff, and... Mm-hmm. He he gets a rap sheet, you know. He's at a, a minor strike. At, uh, so he's he's kind of like a, he's like he's getting known as like a, a problem a problem maker. Yeah, he's he's always showing up at well problems I mean, are uh, for, the, for the state. I suppose, but it's not it's not Hitler's state yet, right? So these these things are, you know, kind of legit causes because, like, again, don't forget, there's a lot of communists here and stuff like that, and a lot of people are going that way. Um. But yeah, there's you know it's it strikes it's you know there's there's just you know general uprisings, student protests, and things like that, um, and you know he's right in the center of of all this shit, you know, and it's it's going on, and you know they're going into those things where they make committees and they can't agree on directions and the manifestos half written all that type of shit, you know, and some of them are failed, some of them suck. And uh, they're you know they they go through some strikes in Berlin that you know have like a f- half a million participants. Jeez. And uh, they're talking about getting rid of uh, the the uh, social democratic government and just launching a communist revolution at this time. And uh, they have a standoff with the government, and they, you know just can't agree with each other, so they stand down. Classic leftist bullshit. You know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, any fascist, it's like, hey, leave them in the building long enough, they'll all come out dead. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they're the fucking worst. Fucking idiots. These fucking compassionate pussies. Oh, Oh, dude, I mean, yeah, seriously. It's handled really well in the the French Dispatch. I just saw it last night. Oh, really? And everything, we're like, yeah, they're disagreeing on the manifesto, and they're like, oh, the the appendix? (laughs) (laughs) You know? I had mine removed. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, yeah, they... uh, you know, he's like getting some, like, like, you know, writing done to, and like some of these manifestos and publications and stuff like that. And, uh... You know, so anyway, he's he's in the middle of all this bullshit, and uh, he's joined the Communist Party of uh, of Germany uh, in 1919, and uh, he was an activist in Hamburg, and um, his political views didn't get him fired from coal mining work, uh, a teaching job. 
And uh, <laughs> oh, poor guy, fired from coal mining work. You just you're gonna ask, sorry, buddy. You're having to go breathe that fresh air. <laughs> and, I better try teaching. Uh, he provided some kind of uh, I guess like entourage service for some visiting uh, Soviet communist. And he was recruited by this guy as an agent for Soviet intelligence. Ooh. And um, he was basically like, it was like, your cover is going to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like pushed around to different European countries to be like, see how fertile for communism is it? And uh, he was like, on the North Rhine, uh, Westphalia section in Germany, uh, he was joined there by Christian Gerlach, who was the ex-wife of Kurt Albert Gerlach, a wealthy communist and professor of political science in Kiel, who had taught Sorge. And wealthy communist. She said, it was as if so, so cool. a stroke of lightning ran through me. In this one so- second, something awoke in me that had slumbered until now, something dangerous, dark, inescapable. They married in May 1921. She just described an orgasm. And... Uh, this, it's a sorgasm. This, <laughs> it's a sorgasm. <laughs> Yeah, um, this is something that is like really. This stays with this guy. He's very James Bond. Like he's fucking a lot. Oh, oh dude, you have a picture of this fucking suave motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Is he good looking? He looks uh, a very like movie star of the era, if that makes sense. No, right, right. You know, that, well, that there was like yes, yes, totally. James Bond. James Bond always looks like the movie star of the. Oh, era. That, and that's him probably past his. Uh, that's his prime. Yeah, what, what was yeah. he, 28 there? <laughs> hey, hey. But yeah. All he, those cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, but, you know, he, he, yeah, he had a lot of charm, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, I mean, and the thing is, too, that, him. that goes yeah, on here yeah. is, is, is like, uh, you know, uh, this, this weird thing about the spy, right? And he loves the lifestyle a lot because basically for him, it's a lot of drinking and fucking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but he's like, so is, I mean, is this still a thing? He, he's the yeah, most, is, that, is anyone against that? He's the most down for the cause person ever. And but, he's the most down to fuck person ever. Yeah. But also like this, this case goes way into the psychology of, um, the spy and the thing of like almost do they want to be caught um, living the, 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 uh, the action is the juice the action, yeah. Yeah. yeah the action is the juice uh, Kim Philby was uh, the the spy uh, for the Soviet Union I think I believe against the British or the, the Americans but they share a lot of things in common and he said of uh, of Zorge, um he was an impeccable spy and he couldn't be pecked <laughs> a lot of a lot of that is because um Zorge you're going to see as he goes through this like he is a journalist um mm. he is a World War 1 veteran mm-hmm. uh he is a drunk and he is not you know the going to be the guy you know sighing about everything but also like he's kind of like Already so cool with the World War One shit that he doesn't have to do that, and right. also like he's just like this lovable rogue. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's and everybody's just everybody just gets into it, like when they talk to him. And right. one of the things like the author of the book about him says is like, there's a thing about being able to seduce people in power as much as like the guy sweeping the street, mm-hmm. and being the everyman to everybody. Oh, I right. see. I see. And I see. and so there's a thing there where what he ends up doing is 
which is so brilliant, is instead of concocting a fake lifestyle, the only thing that's secret is that he's a spy. Right. Everything else is real. Mm -hmm. Everything else has been built upon other than, say, his communist past. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, which is then just a thing kind of hanging over his head for a while, right? Because that shit's on paper. You yeah. were at that riot. You also were here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if well, then your excuse can be, "Well, I was spying." <laughs> right, but he's not known as a spy. He's known as a journalist. Right, right. But I mean, you know, his excuse there was, "I was spying for for the newspaper, for the Weimar Republic, or I was spying for whatever the the, right. the state the, the the power structure was at the time." Right. Well, I I, I think uh, I'm I a mean, journalist. Journalist is the best. I mean, it worked for Spider Man. And Clark Kent. And Clark Kent. Yeah. And, that's and, why you go to the... the well, that's the, why you become... In, in, in the days of yore, that's why the superhero was always a cop or a journal or a journalist or a um, a crime scene. Because yeah. They, right, they get right. the stories first, but now they don't have to be anymore. Yeah. There was also no, a thing they there, listen, too... They listen to a, a true crime podcast. And we'll kind of find out later that there's, like, there's always kind of a guy at this point in some of these halls of power, including in Japan, too, where they have, like, another journalist that's just around a lot. And it's it's one of these things where I wonder, like, if they're going, like, well, what are people saying? And that's yeah. the role of mm-hmm. that journalist being there mm-hmm. because he's not in the inner circle almost. Right. Um, Do we, are you saying that the role of that journalist being there is to tell them what people are saying? Well, it's twofold, it's, or, it's, or to tell the journalist what to Japan, say. In Japan, it's like it's, a thousoundfold. It's like it's like it's it's, it's like it's like <laughs> very good. <laughs> What? It's a beautiful art form. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's a beautiful art form. No, expound upon that. Morigami? That was yeah. a great documentary back in the early Morigami? Yeah, he's he's Johnny. Morigami. Heard of it? No, you did say you did, you say, did morigami. say morigami. I thought that was a pun on expound on it. I was supposed to say mm, origami. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Whatever, dude. I'll talk about it on another episode. Okay. <laughs> That's a perfect point to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> With more of uh, more Ricardo <laughs> Sorge. Morigami. We'll be right back, folks. And we're back. Hi. Uh, so where we left it was like early twenties. Uh, he's just met his uh, his blushing bride, who he stole from a rich communist, a uh, professor of his too. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's baller move. Mm. Um, they married in May nineteen twenty one. He was relocated to Frankfurt, uh, where he was uh, gathering intelligence about the business community. Um, Is that slang for just just Jews? <laughs> no, I mean it's well, it's it's for Moscow. So I mean they, you know, no. But uh, he takes part in 1923 in the first Marxist Work Week uh, conference, and uh, he, he works as a journalist, uh, and he's helping organize the library of the Institute for Social Research, which is a Marxist think tank in Frankfurt. Um, 24, he's made responsible for the security of the so- Soviet delegation attending the Congress in, Crank- in Frankfurt, and uh, he gets the attention of Osip Pianitsky, who is a senior official with Communist International who recruits him. And uh, that year, him and his wife moved to Moscow, uh, where he joined the International Liaison Department of the Comintern, which is also an OGPU intelligence-gathering body. And he works so much that he loses his wife. 
<laughs> but it also sounds like he's uh, he keeps getting recruit. People are like, "Well, you're pretty good at your job. Come spy for me now." So yeah, he and he gets you know, and he's also it, it's those times before there was one deal. So it's all the struggles within the party, mm-hmm. and he's involved in all that post Lenin bullshit. And uh, he's accused um, of Trinko's baby. No, of, of of supporting the last real opponent of Stalin, which is uh, Nikolai Bukharin. Hmm. Uh, Nikolai was one that was, um, you know, started left, went more right, and then I think opposed Stalin doing collectivization, hmm. um, and that made him fall out of favor. And then they did the thing where they, you know. You know, kind of the move with the leadership was like, you know, to just arrest them and be like, oh, disloyalty, and mm-hmm. then keep them locked up, and then like, you know, some years later, kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like I think even during the revolution, like it was like they were putting off like killing the Romanovs, you know, for like a while, just because they were like, uh, let's wait until it's safe. Yeah. You know, uh, there might be a revolution of the revolution kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what ended up happening. Hey, they're fine. Yeah. Uh, but despite that attention, uh, in 1929, he was invoid- invited to uh, join the Red Army's 4th Department, which is uh, uh, later to become the GRU, the intelligence uh, KGB, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the department head was Jan Karlovich Berzin, and he was with uh, the department for the rest of his life. And he went uh, in 29 to the UK to study the Communist Party, again, see how it's going there, get into economics, uh, don't talk politics, um, but just see how fertile it is for potential communism. And uh, then he is uh, sent, same year, to Germany, instructed to join the Nazi party. And uh, do not talk to any leftists. And he's got, at that point, don't forget, a rap sheet, right? But this is 29 Nazi party, right? So maybe the background checks... (laughs) Might not have been as good as when they were like held power, right? And also, you know, this isn't just like oh, Google anybody's name, find out. Yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. weeks. Yeah, weeks. This is, this is like a guy not feeling like opening a drawer. Yeah. So it's not found. Um. So and the, that's the thing is like you know a lot of people would be like how much of these things in his life were just sheer luck. Yeah. Um. Or and timing, just like yeah, you know, it takes so long to get a fucking a wire across. And then, or a telegram or whatever, and you know somebody's not yeah. doing their job. It's right. Uh, so a guy sees him, goes tell, go, goes and tells someone else. That person tells someone else, mm-hmm. and then that guy goes and has a drink. Yep. And then no one, God. no one acts on it. Well, there's a thing too where you really you know, could disappear back. Then. You, you know, really could. But in that, in that whole es- espionage game too, there's that thing where like, you know, what you want to believe is stronger than what evidence is shown to you. Mm-hmm. So like. With a guy like that, like this, this boisterous, you know, uh, like it, it was so great because he was a showy guy. Yeah, blend in by standing out. Yeah, he was like, "Look at me, look at me." So everybody's like, "Well, he's not a fucking spy." Everybody's seeing every goddamn it's, thing he does. Right? How could he be a spy? Those, those pussy juice dripping off of his chin. I mean, he's a positive yeah. Yeah. pussy magnet. Is yeah, hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Is the... That's exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and that is what he said a lot in his biography. Uh, really? Yeah, like uh, they say it every, they're like, every they're five like, pages. They're like they're just like him. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Philby, the same the, who respected him, said he was impeccable spy. They were like, yeah. they were like, you know, you're not lying if you're being yourself. 
and uh, the only thing that is a lie is the thing you don't tell anybody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you're not a liar. Yeah. You know? So you don't have to like do all this like track covering and all this shit. Right, right, right. You just are a person. Go about your day. Go about your day. And then tell somebody about that day. <laughs> and also, in, 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 in the meantime, um, you are charming. Those guys do like you because you were in the war. Any one of them. Whether, and you are cool. Any yeah. one of them, whether a Nazi or any other thing, they were just talking about the, the camaraderie of, of that front line, you know, passed through everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, you can imagine uh, the, the younger people in, in the Nazi party, if they didn't have that clout, they would yearn for it. Mm-hmm. So they would want you to be their friend and right. that sort of thing. That's what a lot of those guys we talked about during, I think, the... Um uh, Nazis Jewish psychic episode uh, Eric Gunn Hannesen they, they all had those like fencing scars because mm-hmm. a lot of you know it, it's a you gotta earn your stripes right and uh, they, they really did glorify that uh, oh yeah yeah bullshit <laughs> oh yeah 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 well, oh, and God. you know with, with fencing uh, I don't know anybody who fences but it seems like that's one way to glorify it well you might be a fencer and not even know it wow is that true yeah. I might be a fencer. I'm fencing in plain sight. I just haven't told you yet. I might be on the fence. I haven't come out of the fence. I think. I think. Yeah, but uh, and also that thing they 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 shared too. Like we said, like about like him him with socialism, Hitler with, you know, his hang up with Jewish people. It was like that thing. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. His hang up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean Hitler. He he was real hung up on. Yeah. Did he? Oh, he had a thing. I think he hung up. Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, he was like. You know, convinced of like international jury conspiracy, like all this bullshit. You know, uh, and it's also a very pro move to have an other. Oh yeah, well of course, course. right, right. But you know, like they were all still, you know, they also had that rage too. Like I was talking about, like they came out of it where they were thinking like there was all these old generals, and, and this this is true. And they didn't know the advances that had been made in weaponry in the meantime. And like you know, George uh, or excuse me, George. Dan Carlin was saying, like, <laughs> it was like for the first battles, it was like, oh, we'll go in with horses and no, shit. You won't. And it's like, no, it's a, it's an actual artillery. It's we an actual meat grinder. Yeah. Like, this is not going to be glorious. <laughs> this is not Teddy Roosevelt. It's the first modern war. Yeah. And people learned the hard way. Right. It's, and and it was, I think it was a quarter of the male population of Europe died. Yeah. And feeling like the guys that sent them in Yikes. there were these like 80 year old men with fucking big mustaches mm-hmm. that didn't have a fucking clue mm-hmm. right. and being mad at. Mm-hmm. The status quo, right? It's, and I think that that is just a. I don't know if much has changed since that. Well, yeah, I mean, like one of the things. It, war is old men sending young men to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some bullshit, yes. right? In that, the, but it, it wasn't one of the things Hitler was angry at. It was, you know, they felt like the generals had thrown the troops in, uh, you know, to willy nilly to yes, die. Yes, yes. And what did they eventually do in the, their. Like, that's what. Every country does that in war. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, he just felt like he was the. They were the first generation that happened to. Yeah, well, it was it was, it was that thing of uh, we'll do it, but better. Like we were saying, right, every, right, the, right. The, I mean, for a while they did the halls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Huh? Well, the blitzkrieg. Well, eventually, they. I mean, for a while, oh, right. The Third Reich did do well, well quite well. Yeah. Oh, it, oh it, yes, no, no. Oh, I mean, what we're saying is, uh, when I, when I say do it better, I mean uh, like more uh, egalitarian or whatever, you know. But instead, what they really did was put everybody on speed and tell them not to surrender, <laughs> which is a good strategy for a while. No, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it, it you know, the the their strategy worked. They think it's easy, 
easily forgotten when your strategy is working that the other side is going to adapt very quickly mm -hmm. because their soldiers are dying. And so your advantage of new techniques is only going to last so long before there's a stalemate. Between and you're going to run out of shit. Yeah. When the rest of the world, well, is again, I guess the rest I, of the world has the rest of the world. I guess, yeah. I, I guess exactly. what, what, what I'm saying is, is, um, you know, uh, the, the, the ones, you know, whoever wins the war, of course, writes it. Right. Uh, so the British would have far more stories about, uh, you know, the daring rescue missions. That thing of no man left behind. Oh, no yes, chaps yes, left yes. behind them either. Mm -hmm. And it's like, the, there are no chaps on this behind. Somebody put some uh, chaps on <laughs> You know, uh, and that's, you know, the other thing would, would, would be like, you know, Hitler was, it was just always kind of like, we'll just never, never surrender. And, you know, it's, it's the glory of the Black Forest and all that bullshit, you know. Right, of course. Yeah. But the British, the, the British would be far more likely, I, you know, I think as again imperialists and racists and murderers to have in their story uh the sort of thing of like well damn it we're going to go and try to pick up those chaps even though it's sort of dangerous and that sort of thing you know what i mean but like stalin would be like oh no fuck that mother what oh yeah he's dead yeah, well, yeah. that was that's one of <laughs> their greatest resources is people Right, mm -hmm. right. But when you're trying to create propaganda that stirs the nerve of the people, you know. Well, you it's you there there is no singular identity. You are it's the horde. Right, right, it's, right. But now pick his weapon. Up. Yes, yes. Right, and right, the right. group think too of uh, True group, a, a, yeah. any anybody uh, retreating to point a weapon at them. Uh, as if they're worse than the enemy. Like that would that would have Stalingrad. The, they would mow down just their own retreater. Like turn around. Yeah. And that was that was the beginning, and we we kind of touched on this in the um, Sid Gottlieb episode. That's where the brainwashing, that's where like brainwashing and the Manchurian Candidate and the mind control stuff came into popular consciousness because the West couldn't believe that people would do that of their own free will. Yes. They thought that they had to be brainwashed to be mm -hmm. communist or collectivist. Right. That they, they just couldn't get it. They thought that you had to mind wipe somebody to do that as opposed right. to it just sounding like a good idea for them when there's no food and heat. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. also, you know, in fairness, too, there was, I mean, you know, just uh, enormous uh, top-down terror. Yes, and, and propaganda and, is a real thing, too, but it's not, but those are lifelong indoctrinations, not some kind of mind wipe. Right. You know, so. Oh, they, yeah, that yeah. Would, they, and, and also, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess, you know, trauma after trauma to, you know, kind of it, it blanks the slate. Mm. Um, you know, that's a big part of the, sh the shock doctrine stuff is like, you know, you can really make people forget and write a whole new narrative if, oh, yeah. if, if, if they see something just terrible. Yeah, and if it's, and if you and then just promise keep changing it enough, 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 yeah. you know, they just stop believing in anything. But, um, Anyway, sorry, we got into the the Russians and the so shit. this is like the beginning of 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 uh, his weird sort of uh, journalist. Uh, Go join the Nazi party, Tom. Right, and he's uh, you know he loses his wife doing the work. He goes briefly to England. He goes briefly to Germany, um, in which you know he was raised. Uh, he didn't speak Russian and stuff like that. Um, and so in 1930, he was sent to Shanghai, and uh, his, his cover was uh, working for the, the Frankfurter Zeitung, uh, a, a German news service, and he contacted another agent who's Max Clausen, and um, he also met the German-Soviet agent Ursula Kuczynski, 
and an American journalist, Agnes Smedley. When you say German... Okay, I'm sorry, go on. German-Soviet agent, yeah. Um, you know, they had a lot of people... Uh, the Soviets had a lot of people in, like, the infrastructure of, you know, like, the hierarchy of, of the Nazi regime, and, like, eventually. Like, they were pretty fucking good. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, too, is that... Uh, we don't ever really know where Stalin's head was at, um, particularly because when Hitler's going to invade, we have like the purges going on and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. Stalin's uh, paranoia is at quite a high, mm -hmm. and you know they had signed uh, the non. I mean, when he took a shower, he was afraid to wash his hair. Yeah, wait, is that true? I, he might open his eyes and see someone standing, standing there. there. Oh, is that in the song? Oh, that's right in that song. Dude. Well, I don't know the song. I mean, you I know, know the fucking yeah, song. but I don't it's know one of the most popular songs of all time. I don't know the words to the song you other know, than fucking, you know, goddamn. I know, the, Woody I, know the, I know Michael Seasides. You don't know fucking Rockwell. <laughs> I know Michael Jackson's chorus to it. I'm sorry, I don't know Rockwell. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Woody Guthrie once scribbled this on a napkin. <laughs> Who's Michael Jackson? <laughs> Who's Michael Jackson? I'm being I asshole. mean, that almost rhymed. That's pretty good. He's wrote a, you just wrote a folk song. Uh, is that a, what that is? Yeah. This gentleman... Um, what about a Volk song? <laughs> uh, this gentleman... Uh, he was, you know, posing as a journalist. Uh, Smedley, the American journalist, was. she also works for the Frankfurter Zeitung. And she introduced him to Hatsumi Ozaki of the Japanese newspaper Asahi Shimbom. And later on, Sorge would recruit him to work for him too, Damn. and so that was the like Japanese. It's Spy Avengers, man, dude. I mean, like it's incredible, and like Spy Avengers, they were, you know, like everybody said, kind of like manically fun guys, you know. Oh, I'm sure it was a great hang. Like, yeah, they were like I fucking cool. Take your wallet, but it's a great hang. Uh, he also met Hanako Ishii, whom he'd later uh, seduce. Is that a woman? That's a lady. Yeah, nice. I mean, if it wasn't, that's cool, Who too. Who gives this shit, man? Uh, I don't care. After he arrives, he is able to send intelligence, talking about uh, Chiang Kai-shek, uh, a, a new offensive against the Chinese Communist Party in the Chinese Civil War, mm. um, that uh, he gathers from German military advisors to the nationalists. So that was, like, a big thing, is that, like, this guy could meet other military officers, especially if they were in WW1, and just like hey, pick up deal, all man. pick up all of that fucking camaraderie. Right. And I then, was in the shit. And they would just talk to him, you know. And plus, like, you know, he's probably always got like a flask or something. Mm. You know? like, well, he always also always has a lady. Yeah, he arrives on a Sibian. Right, smell my finger. <laughs> <laughs> Drink this, smell my finger. You remember what it was like in the trenches? Uh, World War One, huh? Man, Ooh, baby. Uh, <laughs> my excuse is I can't finger women, so I have to fuck them. So I got blowed off. There's a weird thing where uh, when he's in. Uh, Germany, before he goes there, he's, he's, he's writing for an agricultural paper in Germany. Oh, uh, that's fun. And when he's in China, he establishes himself as a Chinese agriculture like specialist, right? Uh, an expert. Call me Dave. Like, wait, did, did, but does he take a fake name like, or, and write in no, the newspaper? No, no, no. I'm an expert in Chinese agriculture. Yeah, yeah. But it was one of those things where it's like, you know, it's like the end of fucking Catch Me If You Can where he goes like, how did I pass the bar? Like, I just did the reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, that, that was the kind of guy he was. He would mm. just sit down and study shit and be like, okay, this area is like this and blah, blah, blah. And also like, you know. When did you become a an expert in, in theoretical nuclear physics? Last night. 
Did anybody else not do the homework? The reading. The reading. Yeah. That's uh, Tony Stark. Mm. <laughs> Avengers 2012. <laughs> Quote the Raven. So he went he, he went around <laughs> uh, all of China and he was uh, talking to members of the Communist Party. He probably knew more about agriculture than um than, like saying Oh yeah, oh, where, yeah, yeah, where yeah, they're killing yeah. birds and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um because he actually did He did the reading. Did the read. And uh yeah, he would he would report back uh January 32 on the fighting between Japanese troops and the Chinese in the streets of Shanghai. Uh, December brought back to Moscow. Um, and they were like, uh, you know, his, his boss, Burzin, was like, you're fucking great, right? Dude. And uh, they were like, okay, let's get you in fucking deeper here. And he wrote a book in Moscow about Chinese agriculture. Jesus Christ. And um, these he, Chinese motherfuckers don't know how to grow shit. He married uh, to show them. Yekaterina Maximova, Katya, um, who he had met in China and brought back with him to Russia. And uh, in the, the GRU in uh, 33 decides to have him go do intelligence work in Japan. He's given the code name Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And uh, at first he goes to Berlin and he gets new uh, contacts and a new newspaper assignment in Japan as a cover from a German newspaper. Um, it's a trip to th to realize how globalized the world was back then. Yeah, like you're like, oh, there's a German news service in Shanghai, huh? Like, there's, that's the whole thing about the French the, Dispatch. Yeah, there's fucking like there's Russian expats there already. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's I'm speaking for myself, but like you, 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 you tend to think of that time as a, as very provincial, dude. But there were airplanes. The Baltimore Sun yeah. would have a London office. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah, Baltimore Sun had had the offices by you know over the next 30 40 Baltimore years. Baltimore Sun like not even top 3. Yeah. It's Baltimore. But they they would have I think they would have reporters in in Yo, a lot all, of European all, countries. Yeah, like all yeah. over. It's yeah. real easy to when when you know they had the trans they they finally had a transatlantic cable and so Sure, but, but you also easier. imagine like a world war you gotta have. He's gonna people. have connections afterwards. Yeah. Yes, right. Exactly, and that's the benefit to war. <laughs> yeah, connections. That's why we need. That's why we need war. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I think that is. It's very the way. War is a force that gets like, its meaning. He's German newspaper in Japan. Uh, you know, just hopping between all of these. Yeah. These Asian countries and countries all over Europe too. God, he must have been dipping his dick in everything. But here's the thing too: is that you know. Uh, but these are all these emerging <laughs> powers too, man. Like you know, year to year, we don't realize, you know, fucking the, the early years. Russia is basically an ally of Germany with the non-aggression pacts. Yeah, they're, they're not. It's not like they're not fucking Switzerland. Like yeah. they're, they're sending them equipment. Yeah. Oh they're, yeah. They're yeah, sending yeah. them raw materials. They need it. I mean, Russia's R Russia is raw materials. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and then they. Got fucked. Right. And, you know, there's the diverging opinions, like, where people are like, um, I think Molotov said something like, oh, Hitler knew they were going to invade. It was just a matter of when. And other people were like, oh, he thought, you know, he would never. Um, and, the, you know, the, the, th the thing is, like, he was less worried about that, far more worried about the East, right? Because um, China is, is, you know, going through what they're going through. Japan is becoming more imperial. And so he's worried about this whole Siberian, you know, mm -hmm. flank, right? Mm -hmm. Who 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 is? Stalin. Stalin. Yeah. Okay. And so uh you know that's why fucking uh Sorge is sent to the east. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? Um and so yeah, he go, he goes I mean these people are Chinese. <laughs> 
Very good, Aaron. Uh, Go on. September 31. They're all different to them. Yes. You right, know, okay. They're, they're, they're different. Yeah. It's very and good. It's fine, but they didn't know that. <laughs> We're much more, you know, progressive now. Yeah, yes, yes. Whew. Uh, you know what I mean. Nobody knows what you mean. What I'm saying, they all... Can I explain? There, it's a much different culture and, and anything that's like alien is just it's inherently more threatening it's, sure they got different fucking writing and shit they all look like right, right, Europe right. is a known enemy it's a known known so like you can kind of alright I've got that I can kind of wrap my head around the west western Europe sure and it's less scary to me because I kind of know what you have people who speak the language yeah uh-huh. our languages yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, sem- are similar we all kind of look similar yeah. mm-hmm. it's an, I have more uh, uh, more of a grasp on your culture and your history yeah. so I can kind of wrap my head around fighting you Mm-hmm. These Chinese motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know, man. They fucking scribble on their walls. Yeah, well, and, I mean, upside down writing and shit, dude. Right. I don't know. But in fairness, uh, they have borders shared there too, just as much as with Europe. I, th- I didn't say anything about borders. I said about under an understanding yeah, of the yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah. right. It's, but proximity is. It's sure. It's it's it, I, it's I, not the same. Well, it might be more so among the Lang- people. La- just get just language. Dude, sure. Russian is so, it's part of the proto-Indo-European tree of languages. Chinese and Japanese and all that shit is fucking completely alien. It's totally different. The writing is different. They don't even the same letters. It's it's just that much more alien and that much more inherently threatening is what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. Right. And I was just yes. trying to be cute about it. Yeah, no, I, I mean. You're pretty cute about it. Thanks. Uh, no, and also it does have uh, uh, more of a oriental reputation in the occidental wow. world. That's what I was saying. No, I know. And but you didn't use the, you I didn't said they were like Chinese. That. I didn't want to call them Oriental. Yeah. No, Jeez, no. Boy. I mean, that was, that was how they would be portraying it. They are. Uh, uh, even even in novels that would be pertaining to this story in, like, the ensuing years after. Sure, no, of course. They I mean, would play up the mysteriousness of, the, like... That, of course, that's, that's exactly yeah, that's what the they've point. always done. The point is, it's the mysterious East. Right, That's right. all my point is. Um, so, he's, he's making the rounds for the, the Soviet intelligence community. And uh, they want him to organize an intelligence network in Japan. He's given the code name Ramsey. Uh, he gets uh, some more contacts in Berlin. Because, uh, you know, he, he's not speaking Russian. He's not speaking Japanese either. China, like, you know. So a lot of his intelligence is German with- officers <laughs> that are in the places he's going. Um, yeah, and uh, So even when he's in China, he's still spying on Germany. Yes, and 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 you know, uh, also, you know, there if 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 they have you know kind of uh, the relationships with the people that are in power in China and Japan, um, it's like, it's like until the mid thirties that the Soviets really view that as the main threat more than Hitler, mm. and and you know you know. Um, You've got your ethnicity on your side. You got your, you know, like, mm-hmm. man, I know you're working for these Chinese motherfuckers, but like, I mean, you know, we're right? You're, gonna, you're German. What are they right, doing? Right, what are they? Right, what are these crazy Chinamen up to? Yeah, is yeah. what you got. You know, right. and being an expat somewhere, you have an immediate bond. Right. Mm-hmm. You go anywhere. Like if we went, and you fucking uh, name a country uh, that exists. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Aruba, Jamaica. Aruba. Come on, pretty mama. Yeah. And I see you, another fucking American there. We're gonna be like, ah, oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. Even if you're a, what, let's say you're a whack photo or something uh, like that, you uh, know, I'm yeah. still gonna be like, oh god, thank God, it's one of you here. Yeah. And then if you served in a war together, Jesus fucking Christ. Exactly. You got so much to talk about how much these Chinese people are weird. <laughs> yes. So, um, 
you know, there's a, a lot of people in, in the Japanese army that are in, in favor of invading the Soviet Union after they took over uh, the Manchuria area, because now they're sharing a border with the Soviet Union. And Japan is, because they took over the Manchuria area of China, they now right. have a border with Japan. Yes. Hmm. Got it. Um, it. And so... Winter. Let's invade Russia. <laughs> Winter thirty one thirty two. They haven't seen the Princess uh, Bride. Not a good time to invade. A uh, big, big uh, war scare. Um, and so, uh, the Elsa Peretsky, who was uh the wife of Ignace Ignace Rice, uh, another uh, GPU agent, said, um, him. When he joined the Nazi Party in his own country, he had a well documented police record, and it was hazardous to say the least. Um, he was staying in the lion's den in Berlin while his application for membership was being processed hmm. with the Nazi party. And he was totally flirting with death. Well, I mean, he was a big flirt. Yeah. Uh, flirt with everybody. And while he's there, he get he picks up a copy of Mein Kampf, gets into Nazi propaganda, gets into the mindset of the crew. And, uh, he, he goes to like, I mean, but not believes it. Just, just steeps himself. Oh, in steeps it. himself in it. Yeah. No, this guy until his dying day stays a steadfast communist. No shit. Through all of the purges, all of the Stalinist shit, all of you know, like I mean, it, it would just be so hard for me to imagine to like you know mm -hmm. see like people that you were like, oh, this is a part of the revolution, and now that guy's shot. Or like, this is my old boss, and now he's shot. Well, he did. I clearly, he didn't believe enough. <laughs> and and yeah, yeah. you really have to. I, yeah, but I mean, to his dying day, uh, steadfast, uh, just in total secret. Hmm. And um, so when he's going to the beer halls, he actually gives up drinking, and he because he doesn't want to, you know, have any slips of the tongue that sort mm. of thing. And well. Except with some of the ladies. And the, the, the Nazis are not freaked out by him not drinking. And well, he has a bit, Bitburger uh, 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 non-alcoholic Deutsches beer. Right, right. Which right. is just best. Uh, <laughs> and, best is non-alcoholic. And they, they thought, um, you know, he, he said uh, later to his friend, um, that was the bravest thing I ever did, was not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, never w will I be able to drink enough to make up for the time that I didn't drink. Oh. This guy is such a booze hound that I love it. And he did he become a teetotaler for the rest of his life? Absolutely not. Oh, it was just for the time during in the beer yeah. halls in Berlin. Yeah. God, what this is? What we were talking about willpower during the break? Yeah. Equal. He he uh he gets he gets jobs from two uh newspapers in Germany uh the Berliner Börsenzeitung and the Tagliche Rundschau uh to report from Japan and uh, also the Nazi theoretical journal which is called Geopolitik Geopolitik and he was so good at ba like making his cover uh that uh that of an uh. uh not anti-Nazi journalist that uh well he was anti-Nazi. Goebbels mm -hmm. Goebbels went to his farewell dinner because because he has, had established himself as as such an anti anti-Nazi journalist. Intensely, excuse me, intensely Nazi. Inten okay. Intensely Nazi journalist. Yeah. 
So, uh, so you so go to he's typing away at his fucking Underwood, like uh, writing for a writing Nazi pro Nazi shit, even and, though and two papers. So he's a totally legit journalist, and and, and he brings Goebbels uh, to his farewell dinner because he's like, "Who the fuck is this guy? Like, I've read his shit." Um, he uh, he went to Japan via the U.S. Stopped in New York, nineteen thirty-three. <sighs> what? Do you need a break or anything? No, I'll keep going. Okay. Um, he g- arrives in September '33 in Yokohama. Hey, they make good tires. Becomes <laughs> <laughs> the Japan correspondent for the Frankfurter Zeitung, uh, which was the biggest newspaper in Germany at the time. And it was like it made him the German reporter in Japan, hmm. the guy, like. And he was, you know, reputed as a Nazi journalist who hated communism. <laughs> and uh, basically the Soviets were like, we, we don't know what's going on in Japan, so we want you to just get a group together and figure it out. Was he, was there ever a moment where he was so good that his Soviet masters ever doubted his allegiance? Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just one of the especially being so well renowned. Um, do, do you know, Mike? Do you understand my question? I do. Uh, the thing is, is that what happened in the Soviet Union would come to undermine his shit being absolutely brilliant, and it was just Stalin paranoia. Where like then he eventually just trusted during the purges. Nobody no yeah, out he there. He bunkered himself up and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, and it, God, I understand what you're saying. So I don't want to step on anything. No, yeah. Um, so they they just didn't know what was going on, and um, they were like, "You're you're going to be like more followed, you know, in Japan, and f- just basically figure out are they going to attack us, you know?" And. Uh, he said later uh, that was the most important duty assigned to my group. It would uh, not be far wrong to say that it was the sole object of my mission in Japan uh, as it viewed the prominent role and attitude taken by the Japanese military in foreign policy after the Manchurian incident had come to harbor a deeply implanted suspicion that Japan was planning to attack the Soviet Union. And that was true among the army of Japan. However, the Navy was like, go south. Um, and what would eventually happen was that would come before the emperor and both sides would kind of plead their case and it just came down to oil. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we don't have the oil for the invasion. Mm-hmm. So we need, we should go to like, Ind- like Indonesia mm-hmm. and Philippines, invade all those places, get more resource, you know, before anything else. And that was, there was no that, politics. There was no like, let's help Germany. Was, like they're all... They're all resource wars, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, they're all resource wars, and you can you can mask it with politics, whatever's convenient, but it's all a resource. Yeah, you don't even have have enough oil to invade the country with with the oil. But <laughs> but the fear in Germany was so live. You gotta suck the dick of the country. That's that, that's politics. Yeah, politics yeah. is sucking the dick of the country with the oil that you need, so you suck can invade it. the oil bearing country that you want to invade. Right. Yeah. That's politics. Yeah. Um, oh and they were one. They, they, they were so uh, convinced that the uh, attack from the east was coming that basically his intelligence, which was undeniable, not colored, 
not needing like to suit his needs, you know, not playing any like it was just like here's the straight deal from the horse's mouth. Here's the deal. And uh people in Moscow were like the fear was live because from the top down it was instituted to be like whatever I think is fact from Stalin. From Stalin. Uh, even though his intel from the east was there is no attack coming. Yeah, it was like they don't have the my, oil to my do. intel was was unwelcome basically is what he said. Be- ah, the truth is not welcome here. Yes. So that's uh, kind of a yeah, bummer. Dude, here's, for the here's a, here's a pro agency. tip. Yeah. Pro tip: Don't invade Russia during the winter. Right. It doesn't go well historically. So uh, you know he's told not to sense, yeah. fuck around with the Japanese Communist Party. That's obvious, right? Uh, Is there a Japanese Communist Party? I, I, I well, they must be underground. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh no, yeah. it was underground. Okay. It's dozens. Because um, as far as I know, the emperor was God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was it's time. It's dead still. His intelligence network no, not, in not, Japan not was um, included uh, a Red Army officer and a radio operator, Max Clausen. Max. Uh, Hatsumi Ozaki, who I mentioned he met, uh, the Japanese journalist, and uh, Branko Vukalik, a journalist working for a French magazine uh, called Vu. And a Japanese journalist, uh, Miyagi Yotu- Yotoku. Mm. Um, and with this crew... He's once again, he's once again formed his crew. Like, he yeah. seems to always form a crew. He's uh, got a ragtag bunch of misfits. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Mi- yeah. Miyagi was employed by an English-language newspaper called the Japan Advertiser. It's an English-language newspaper. Right. <laughs> the Japan, and, uh, the Japan uh, Advertiser. Max Clausen's wife, Anna, acted as a ring courier from time to time. Uh, summer 37, Clausen operated under the cover of his business, M. Clausen Shokai, suppliers of blueprint machinery and reproduction, reproduction services, photocopies. Well, the, the, the Germans were really good at printing. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, the business was set up with, you know, Soviet money and became a success over there. Ozaki was a Japanese man from an influential family who had grown up in Taiwan, uh, which was then a Japanese colony. Somehow so he it. was, uh, you know, he believed, you know, uh, basically, you know, that, you know, Japan was a racist society and uh, he he was, you know, recruited that way. Like, just like take down the empire. Yeah. And he gets so close to the prime minister of Japan and the inner reaches that basically while this crew is operating in Japan, there is... Eventually, one degree of separation through him, uh, Sorge, that is Stalin, Hitler, and Hirohito. Like, there's one. It's, it's, and Sorge is that, he's the he's, linchpin? He's the linchpin between the three. He's got one guy between the three of them while he's in Japan. Because he just gets amazing intel and also. Some people that are... He is the back channel. So, yeah. like when, Right, right. People, but, people don't know their agents yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And, the, and you don't want to know your agents. Right. Um, God damn. He's the guy. He's the guy behind the guy behind the guy behind the guy. Right. So, you know... Uh, Plus, he's fucking everybody's wives. Oh, yeah. And l- they love it. One of them is. So, Ozaki's, you know, uh, down for the cause on this way of like, oh, you view Chinese people as like... Slaves, you know, uh, lesser vans, creatures. 
creatures. <laughs> Aaron knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> He's pounding down. Mm, Will yeah, Ferrell yeah, yeah, suddenly yeah, yeah. creatures. He called yeah. lesser lands. <laughs> um, charge. But so you know, it's it's all these people that are like you know they're not. I own you. They're, they're not bought people. Like they're right. they're really down for the cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're also. You know, this like they had a spiritual worry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. And they probably also all love to drink. <laughs> yeah. Um. But he he believed that uh, Japan needed to be uh, Ozaki did uh, redone as a uh, socialist state. He was like, this shit, this whole imperial thing is fucked. Uh, it is the racism is fucked and. Uh, so Sorge gets a. Can you imagine being the most powerful drinking buddies of all time? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, me and my crew of various uh, ethnicities, we get together, we fucking drink, and we fuck, and then we operate in shadows. Yeah. Excuse and I'm me. the one connection it, it, between the three world powers. I said Hirohito. His contact, Ozaki's contact, was with uh, Fuminaro Kono, who was the prime minister at the time, mm-hmm. and he uh, Ozaki would copy uh, secret documents because of of their friendship. Again, Ozaki is a journalist. So these are like guys that was it and and also a spy. Yes, recruited Re- by. I mean, did he know he was a spy? Oh yes, yes. Okay, got it. Got yeah, it. I mean, who would meet with the guys that? Got it. So you know, around he wasn't ca- he he wasn't catching paychecks from the GRU, but he oh was- no, he would be. Yeah, you would be if you're recruited. You're recruited. But are you? Okay, I, and I think you I know what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But these guys were journalists by trade, moonlighting as a. Contact for and, surrogate, and also more ideologically driven. Anyway, of course, it didn't matter uh, if you got paid. You didn't, you didn't need to get paid. You're doing it for the cause. So, uh, yeah, he he would get secret documents to surrogate, and, and he's like, "Dude, these are all in Japanese. I can't read this. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck kind of chicken scratch is this, dude? Yeah, uh, can can your wife teach me how to read this? <laughs> can she read it to me in bed? So, uh, surrogate was welcome at the German embassy in Japan, and. Uh, one uh, journalist who knew him described him as a typical swashbuckling, arrogant Nazi, quick-tempered, hard-drinking. <laughs> and uh, as as the correspondent for the Frank- Frankfurter Zeitung, uh, you know, he, he got a bunch of sources for politics through being a writer. Um, diplomats. And he would have this in through Ozaki to the thinking's of where the Japanese were coming from. So these guys were also actually kind of diplomats. Yeah. To be like, no, this is how you respond to it. Because the Germans were always kind no, of... No, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah. Say it like that. Right. Like that. You don't know. And then people, everything... My people are great. Everything, <laughs> everything that they were... So like, you know, there's like this like a... This look of the spies where like, one throws one under the bus. Like, Sergei was always making everybody look better. Because mm. every all the intelligence was legit, so even while undermining everything, you could count in them as the linchpins of everything being true. Right. But you also don't know that there's a third party listening. Ah, yeah, right? right, right, right. And that's the genius of it. Man, this is a real Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy shit. <laughs> yeah. And they're both journalists, and they're in like the halls of power with like you know the main imperial forces at the time, Japan and Germany. Both working for the Soviets. I mean, it's a fucking trip. Dude. It's a real cat's cradle type of shit, man. Yeah. 
And uh, you know, uh, uh, not the book. Nor Silver Spoon. I should also I should also mention uh, he had a motorcycle. He liked to crash. A motorcycle. I'm a, sorry. A, a motorcycle. A motorcycle. And he liked to crash. Is it like a Dragula? <laughs> kind of, because he liked to crash a lot. What? Uh, yeah. Make any sense. Yeah, he would just get drunk. Well, he couldn't feel his fucking legs anyway, and he was missing three fingers. Crash. But he got was- probably mustard gas. Who gives a shit? But it was it was just like he had this crazy man image. He liked to crash it a lot. And you wouldn't. What kind of? Do you know what kind of bike it was? I don't. Nothing that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine these days. Whatever kind of bike you ride. So, but he liked to crash it. Yeah. So, well, he, hey guys, watch my trick. Yeah. Watch me crash. Doctors hate this trick. You know, but it, it must have been so low stakes that the bikes probably didn't. Well, yeah. Bikes definitely didn't go fast. Sure, but like, they ah. they were they went fast enough for you to hurt yourself, dude. And he probably a, wasn't wearing a, a bicycle. Is scary. Yeah, man, people were just tougher back then. No, no, they they, they were more they racist. Just did, they didn't know what concussions were. Yeah, that probably explains a lot of the whole genocide stuff. Yeah. So here's the thing too: is that like while sober, Sergey would learn really all that shit about the Japanese, like, agriculture, and also le- learn the Japanese language and stuff. So, like, he was getting fluent in Japan. So, like, the Germans were really looking at him as, like, also, like, seeing behind, you know, the... He'd grow the shit out of bamboo. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, also, like, the thing in, in like, uh, Japanese culture of, like, politeness mm-hmm. and kind of saying what you want to hear versus what they really think. Mm-hmm. And him getting like a barrier down through actually understanding the culture and getting the real read on the room. Mm-hmm. So he had that rep. It was culturally literate. It was yes, yeah, and and yeah. also uh, I, I think you know with personality, like he was so seductive. Um, <laughs> the currency is charisma, even if it's in yen. That's true. Yeah, doesn't matter if it's a Deutschmark or a franc or a mm-hmm. yen mm-hmm. or a yuan. The currency is charisma standard. Duh. Yeah. So uh, here's a weird thing that happens. One of his best friends, uh, another war buddy of uh, WW1, W-W. is uh, a General Edgen Ott, who is a German military attache to Japan. Um, they become very close to the point that, of course, Sorge uh, seduces his wife. Helma. I was going to say wife swap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Except it's, well, it's not so much a swap. It's more it? of a, yeah. a, a, a fork, a over. land grab. Yeah, 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 yeah. A man grab. And he, uh, you, you know, kiss me, your wife. <laughs> I have some secret I have, documents. I have sex with your wife? Question mark. <laughs> so, was she Japanese? Uh, no, no. Uh, her name's Helma. Not after. Oh this. no, no. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he. Oh, it's the German attaché to Japan. Yeah. Gotta, gotta, gotta. Yeah, but like you know, <sighs> nice. He was this guy that like you know he he would uh you know seduce women right. Oh. But, well, listen, man, they hello. have fucking their own free will. But uh, yeah. uh like uh, human uh beings. like right. the, maybe they seduced him. Hmm? As far as the uh the pickup artists we talk about, the real thing to do is seduce men. Yes, just and, not and that was fuck a, them. It, it, and then they will give you their women. Is that no? That's not what he's saying. But okay. he's saying his real seduction was of everybody yeah, else. Every, well, he's he seduced everybody. I mean, he's a, and yes. one, one of the side effects. One of the side effects of that is yeah, the, the 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 sex. The, in, the in, the, in this case, though, I Matt, mean, the guy's seducing entire empire. The sex you said this. The sex is yes, an incidental. Yes. Uh, it's 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 
you know, it's uh, collateral damage. But it, for, it, for, for all we know, the sex doesn't even get him off as it's much. It's the as, wake as, as, of as the Titanic. The, as the uh, as the seducing of the power. Maybe, I think, who knows? Maybe that gets him off more. That's how he blows uh, off. Well, it's, it's the secret. His whole life is a secret, right? Yes. That's so now you've got secret, now yeah. you've got secrets on secrets. Yeah, and those are those are nothing secret. Like the seducing right. the wife, that's nothing. But there's a there's to... a thing there where you know I uh, with a lot of the famous spies, there's you know this thing where they go like, is there this desire to be found out? You know, and uh, or or is it a thing where like no matter what, you have to do something duplicitous. Uh, the spy for the Soviets against uh, the West, uh, Kim Philby, who you know the biographer of of Sergei talks about a lot says it's like his mirror and he goes as soon as he got back to his handlers in Russia and like it was pulled out of the you know the theater of danger he immediately is fucking his handler's wife mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. one of these things where like they always got to do something yeah that heightens the stakes what do you want me to, that's, I'm a spy that's taboo and it's this, yeah, it's taking, it's the, it's, it's the scorpion but, and the frog. Like, but I'm a scorpion. Dude, I was right, thinking, right. I was thinking that on the way. Yeah. It's like the thing of like, what'd you expect? But Ott in a weird way finds out about the affair and he just goes like, oh, well he's irresistible. And like, yeah, doesn't do really anything about it because what are you going to do? But also Sergey is making him look so good as an attache because Sergey has a straight up line to the prime minister through the one degree of separation, which is his yeah. spy. Mm-hmm. So that all the information coming back from aunt while his wife is getting plowed. <laughs> I mean, she is, wants is, it is. What are you going to tell her? No, is yeah. legit. Yeah. So he keeps getting bumped up to the point that he's like, Sorge, you got to fucking, you, you got to join me in diplomacy. Take my wife, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you please, know. my wife, please. <laughs> but it was a thing where, you know, uh, well, I also, you know, I think you, you made a good point. I think in that sense, you know, in order to steal someone's wife back then, maybe all you had to do was just like make her come. Hey. Yeah. Or get her husband a promotion. Yeah. yeah. And well, then he came. Yeah. And then everybody comes. Everybody comes. I mean, it's a different time. That's what I'm saying. It's good times, man. Those were good, simpler times. <laughs> they weren't. They clearly you, you, weren't you knew, simpler. You, no, man. You knew when when evil was right. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, you know, yeah. Bad you was knew, good and good knew, was good. Yeah, yeah. He, you he, could just draw a line in the sand. And so, and then what? Fuck cross it. it. So Ott uh, would actually submit reports that were written by him to like German high command. Written by Sorge. And and then they would get like great reviews. So like he was just like, oh shit, <laughs> he probably didn't love his wife anyways. But also, yeah, yeah, Odd yeah. really didn't know as much as Sorge. Like Sorge, you know, of course not. Once he chose to be interested, he was like, it wasn't just like, you know, oh let me fucking like get drunk and you know. He's uh, doing the best at this. Yeah, the bestest. He's doing just best at und this. But he had those self-destructive weird things. Um, you know, one time he was uh, with. Because, again, in Japan, the people that would talk to him, like German military officers, probably served in WW1, mm-hmm. become close friends. And they're like, oh, this guy's a fucking scoundrel. He's such a rascal. He's so cool. Oh, this young oh, man. Oh, you mean in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, like, at, at the point, him. like, one time he got up on a table and was like, uh, Hitler's a bandit. Uh, this is the end of the Third Reich. I love Stalin. And they were like, aha! <laughs> like, they thought it was oh, did like, he get fucked up? Was he drunk? Or yeah, he was, he was hammered. Was, yeah. yeah. I uh, imagine they're Ray, like you're so funny. They were like you're so funny. Yeah, I imagine, he, I imagine Ray Fiennes so playing the, <laughs> him, going, "Hey." Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, watched uh, on Halloween. I watched um, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, 
And there's this part where the, is that is is that with Lon Chaney? No, that's just the Wolfman. I know. That's now and then, and then that Lon Chaney Jr. is walking <laughs> yeah. with the Queen doing the werewolf. But there's this scene where the main character he realizes that he is a werewolf and he's now just trying to get arrested for the sake of not turning into one and, and massacring everybody. Right, right. So he runs into Piccadilly Circus and he's trying to get arrested. What you said just made me think of this. And he goes, <laughs> he runs and he goes, Queen Elizabeth is a cunt. <laughs> Prince Charles is a faggot. <laughs> And he said, just, what's wrong with you people? Arrest me. <laughs> Winston Churchill's a fraud. <laughs> Come on, arrest me. And they're like, clearly this man is insane. No, or, no, nothing to see here. And we he, should not arrest this man. He's <laughs> like, he, he's, he's hiding. He's so, he's acting out so much that nobody perceives it to be a real threat. Oh yeah. So it just remained me, made me think of that. But it also has, picture that it, I just recently. It also watched. has that highbrow uh, thing of like, you're so in, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, the top floor that you can make that joke. Oh, like uh, uh, hipster racism. Yeah. Like Harry, dressing racism. As a, Harry dressing as a Nazi at the party when he's a kid. Yeah. He's just like, Oh, it wouldn't be funny if I was the worst thing. The British I empire. Mean, it's scary. Yeah. Also, yeah. he's in that bloodline. Man. Yeah. Also, it's just like <laughs> one of those things where you're like, It'd be scary if he dresses as a paparazzo. They're like, you know, that would be really yikes, a bad taste yeah. and awesome. Or like a tunnel or something. Oh, uh, God. So yeah, you know, Ott's report is going back about you know the Japanese, you know, like different areas with agriculture and like power structures in Japan. So he's looking good. He knows this guy's fucking his wife. Uh, Loves it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you imagine those weird cuck situations back so in the day? Ott becomes one of the main sources of information because he's also passing on to Ott uh, things that he's getting from Ozaki, which are on the the Japanese end. And also, uh, Helma, the wife, when she's like copying documents or whatever, Whoa. she believes that he's just working for the Nazis. She has no idea about the Soviet stuff, right? So they're like, oh, whatever, you know, they're pretty much out. Is he still teetotaling at this time? Oh, no, no, that was just for them. Yeah. That was just during that German yeah. Yes, uh, beer. yes. Yeah, you gotta drink. He's standing sleep. on the table. You ta- gotta <laughs> drink to sleep now. Yeah, well, also, they're all... Also, he, he also, you might have, he's maybe a little touched. Yes. And so it's not... A, <laughs> he's it's not it a, every time. It's not as hard to to sleep. You have to have a, a, a disposition to some sociopathy here. Well, yeah, but also it's part of, it seems like it's part of the routine. You know, it goes out. Yeah, has, yeah. Has a after, great time. after a while, it's not as hard, but still, I mean, maintaining the 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 web of deceit is taxing. No matter. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, listen, man, man, you wouldn't imagine the lies I keep from you guys, you know. <laughs> all those shits I take in your toilet. What, <laughs> dude? Upper decking all the time. <sighs> I know you think about it, man. Who's upper decking? No my wonder toilet. the no wonder the water runs. You're like so I always slow. feel like somebody's upper decking me, and I'm like, it's me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, uh, who wrote I, that song? Cockwell. Marvin Marvin Gaye. Marvin <laughs> Gaye Jr. Marvin Gaye is fuck. <laughs> John, you were saying? Uh, so you know he's um, sorry. <laughs> I think it's in. Uh, 36. Yes, probably. 36. Thirty-six. Uh, no, excuse me. It's, this is uh, October 34. Oh. Uh, Ott uh, goes with Sorge to uh, the Empire of 
Manchukuo. <laughs> what? Manchukuo. And Is that it's, Japanese Manchuria? It's, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, uh, it's a Japanese colony in the Far East. And he says uh, that, you know, again, he writes the report on it. Odd puts his name on it, you know, gets great credit. And uh, please fuck my wife, dude. In will 35, Sorge uh, goes <sighs> to Moscow. He goes, there's a planning document provided by Ozaki who is in the halls of power in the same way in the Japanese arena. And it's like, they're not a planning on attacking the Soviet union in 36 again for the oil reason. Just so they, they can't afford it. So they basically just they don't have the gas money to do it. Well, it's, 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 it's the Navy and the army battling it out in front of the leadership and going, and then the Navy just wins by going like, you know, we need more fucking oil. Otherwise, we're just going to get in there and it's frozen and then we got no fucking yeah. well, Meanwhile, we can sail right past... We can go to Hawaii. We could go to Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Yeah. Emperor Hirohito. I think it was Indonesia and the Philippines were the main thing. But also, they were like, we're going to go to Hawaii right after. Yeah. <laughs> right. right there. You ever heard of Pearl Harbor? <laughs> so, uh, Where would you rather go, John? Siberia or Hawaii? I would love to go to Oahu. See? Yeah. And I mean, the math is simple, and these fucks wouldn't believe it. So, uh, you know, basically, again, it was, it was, it was kind of, you know, uh, refuted because they believed that's where the threat was coming from, right? It's because, and that's because Stalin wanted to believe that. Yeah, it, you know, when you don't want to disagree with your boss. Well, well because it, you it's might not get a shot. Don't want to. You can't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have a choice. You know how you can't disagree with your boss because you might get shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. if, and good, if th- you, good, th- good thing with Zorgia is he's not there to get shot, right? Yeah, yeah. So he can say he's his own. Whatever boss. he wants. Um, he's fucking everybody's wife. But he said, in uh, the summer of thirty-seven, they uh, will invade China, but there's no danger of a Siberian mm-hmm. invasion. And these Chinese motherfuckers are fucked. Yeah, we're good. Bad time. So in February 36, there's a, an attempted coup uh, in Tokyo, and it was uh, supposed to be a mystical Shawa restoration and led to several senior officials being murdered by the uh, uh, rebels. Uh, a mystical Shawa? Shawa restoration. That And that is... Uh, Another author-led thing in the 30s. No shit. Seriously, yeah. These fucking authors the and goal, journalists. The goal of restoring power. Japan no. really is mightier. Well, in Japan, especially. I mean, it was the goal was uh, restoring power to the newly enthroned Japanese Emperor Hirohito and abolishing the liberal Taisho democracy. And uh, they were very similar to the Meiji Restoration, as the groups who envisioned it imagined a small group of qualified people backing up a strong emperor. So that's hmm. what was happening there. Uh, well, I mean, I think that's interesting. Was, that was any of them gay? Yeah. It more did, ripped it, to you know, shreds, that like was, sh- cut up, you know, like hot body. That was body. never mentioned the, in the Mishima research I did. Like he must, obviously he knew about that. Oh yeah, so much, oh, so he, much. He romance. probably knew the body fat percentage and everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Workout routine. Yeah, yeah. God. So, dude. but they weren't samurai, so they obviously no, they they were gonna. They fail. were not. So you know, uh, all all these the German embassy is like, we don't know what the fuck is going on. We don't know why this is happening. And they, who do they look to? Sorry, the guy. one guy who knows everything. The one guy who's the expert, who's in in everything and everyone. And he 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 submitted a report saying that the Imperial Way faction in the Japanese army, which had attempted the coup, was younger officers from rural backgrounds, and they were upset at the impoverishment of the countryside, and that they were 
not communist or socialist, but just anti-capitalist and believe that big business had subverted the emperor's will. So are you getting like January 6th vibes? Those aren't anti-capitalist. No, no, no. But just like, okay, these are like people who are. But I mean, the country versus the city has always been a thing, you know? Of course, of course. But it's really not. It's less political and more geographical. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, that but also disguised the, as political or or yeah. painted with with politics. But. Yes, yes. So that was used, uh, you know, as the the basis for explaining to in Germany who they're like, what what the fuck is going on here? There's also all just Japs, and it was Sorge's remorse. There are various kinds of Japs, and some of them are rural Japs, and some of them are like city Japs, and, and they. So you have to understand there's all sorts of Japs. Yeah, some of them uh, are let me fuck their wives, chaps, and I have a whole report on it. <laughs> it's right in the document. He was a journalist after yeah. all, so that's what I am it, a that's journalist. A, that's what his article sounded like when you yeah. read it out loud. <laughs> but this was submitted as the ambassador's report, and uh, so that's what it sounded in, like. in Berlin. They were like, "That's absolutely brilliant." <laughs> uh, <laughs> said, wow, what a great report. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> so at, at this point, doing best at this. you know, he's he's living in a good area of Tokyo, right? In in uh, thirty six, and he was known for uh, smashing his motorcycle and heavy drinking. God damn! It. And uh, I mean, did he get it repaired? I mean, yeah, he kept doing it, so I yeah, assume so. Did he they get made, himself they, repaired? They made good bikes there, you know that, right? They made yeah, good yeah, motorcycles yeah. in Japan. But like, he must have hurt himself. Uh, there was a waitress at a bar that uh, he frequented. <sighs> uh, she moved into his house. <laughs> you just oh, you were already. <sighs> well, because when I what I heard was there was a waitress at his bar. Yeah, yeah. That he frequented. Yeah, yeah. And I go okay. Instead I know of exactly. there was a there was a waitress. At the bar he frequented. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, we feel like it's ours when we frequent it. Yeah. But I'm talking about the waitress. No, yeah. I'm talking about ownership of the bar because I drink there. No, no, and no. I'm thinking about the waitress. Ownership of the waitress. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. But the, no, he. Just, but he, I mean, she became a common law wife. So, I mean, there's yes. some kind of. Sick, bro. Yeah. You like that, huh? No, I don't. I, marriage is an What's, what's an uncommon Patriarchal and conservative institution. I don't believe in it. So this is this is the one that like he actually kind of stayed with, and she her yeah she was a good woman. She tried to like chill him out on German? the drinking. Uh, Hanako Ishi you didn't say her name yet. Yeah, I, I, just just I, yeah. They, okay. No, I don't think she's German. Okay, thank well, you. Now, now, now hot, uh, nice. hot, yes, definitely hot. German, no. So they, you know. They said like his his best cover was again who he was, which was a drunk mess, and not you know a clever observant spot. Like mm-hmm. you would just never think this is the fucking yeah. asshole to do it. You know, um, is he? Do you feel like he's becoming more of a drunk mess than well? Also, a good like, spy now, or you know, here's the thing, right? If you're a comedian, your 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 job's in a bar. Yeah. If you're a spy, nobody talks more than when they're drinking. And when you're not, it might be kind of weird. And like, mm-hmm. also just, uh, I, 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 Aaron, don't you think there's a kind of like a predatory aspect to it too, where you like go like as a spy, you're like, oh well, she's not happy with him, so I might mm-hmm. get some shit out of you know, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing, where like you're like ready to like to like just seize on certain like they, they like. He considered himself like part of the army, but his battleground they were saying was like nightclubs and bars. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, well, someone has yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. That his front. He's got a different front. Yeah. Um. 
Lots of, a lot of good men out there. And just how many people are willing to volunteer things, and then you've just got a radio guy. Yeah. Now, now here's the weird thing, too, and this is crazy, right? Since 34, his radio guy, Max Clausen, has been sending stuff, right, in, in uh, code, right? But it is code uh, not being able to break, right, uh, from the, the, the Japanese uh, intelligence the German spies there, Max Clausen and Sorge, he's sending code back to Berlin. Right. That the well, you're saying that the Japanese cannot break. But they have intercepted since '34. So they've got it all recorded, but they don't have the Enigma codes or they, whatever they are. Yes. But then, but what, then what? what one do day they, they know? Then one day they, they do. They know it's him. No, they 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 re, they, they, re, they recorded for years, and but they, they go. This shit's fucking in Japan. This is all Greek. They they seriously don't know what it is for seven years. Yeah, nobody I'm not sure. did. Nobody but, did. But record all of it. Of course. Of which, course. Which is in itself amazing. Yeah. Well, no, but, but the, also, what else if, would you do? If you're, you better be doing your job and you better be recording it all. Yeah. Because the moment you break the code, now you're going to go back and, and listen you're gonna to it. You're going to go back to it. And, all. and the basis of it was something like the 1935 statistical almanac from like Berlin or something like that. It was, was a, the key. It was the key. So it was an Enigma code, or no, no, no. It was. It was everything was based around one book, which is something they recreate really well with the map book and the wire. Remember? Uh, no, I don't. About like they just do t- texts, and the the cops are trying to figure it out, and it's coordinates on the map of Baltimore uh, about where they're going to meet and speak in person, so uh, there's no phones. Mm. It's really, really smart. I like the wind talkers, <laughs> but this yeah, this was this was information like specific like. This guy's gonna do this. This general doesn't want to like. This is yeah. hyper specific information. That but they all, just couldn't get it because couldn't get it for all ja- the, German all gibberish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we take a break? Yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back, folks. <laughs> and we're back. So listen, guys, <laughs> late, late thirties, you know, I think he got out of like, uh, the, the Soviet ideological things by just getting thrust into intelligence work at like the perfect time because, you know, he was considered, you know, a Nikolai Bukharin, uh, sympathizer and, you know, Stalin's all about anybody that's my rival is also kill their supporters, you mm-hmm. know, but I mean, just like, come on, man. You got to have somebody to do the shit, right? So luckily somebody was just like, all right, no, 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 get into intelligence work. Like you're always looking for the fucking, uh, you're looking out for the the Soviets. You're looking out for communism. You're looking out for socialism. Uh, and his work in Japan in the late 30s was uh, what kind of saved him because the purges were happening in 37 in Moscow. And they had... Uh... <laughs> now explain... To listeners who don't know what these purges are. The purges were just like Stalin consolidating power. Anybody that's remotely maybe a threat. Um, Straight up murder squads. Yeah. And, you know, just like instituting a total. Uh, uh, Real Saturday Night Massacres. Top, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> it was literal. Yeah. Top down. Uh, you know, there, there's a right way, a wrong way and the way I do it. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the only way. Which is, which in the, yes, it's wrong, but faster. You know, um, so 
he's you know busy doing shit where like they they issue this you know communique to all the spies and like come back and and he's like I'll come back but I gotta have this thing with Ott he's coming back from here and I got this agent that's coming back from this thing and then I'll come back right after and I'm real busy right now I'll be right there I'm having keeping the empire afloat yeah you want to kill me yeah so his uh, handler that got him into all this shit uh, was Jan Karlovich Berzin and he was shot well, that's a pretty. That's one of those signs that says uh, maybe I shouldn't go back. Mm. The the guy who they killed the guy that got me into it. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, and then the guy that uh, was also uh, uh, somebody that uh, Sergey would have known was uh, the successor to his handler was Arthur Ar- Archizov. He was shot uh, by accident. And, uh, Doubt it. I'm afraid not. Oh no! And the ensuing four intelligence ministers, uh, six in a row. That's tough because you're like, oh, I got a promotion into this bullet. Uh, and again, you know, secrets and distance. Uh, he doesn't know. Um, and then the the last guy who kept his job was like. Please come back, please. Pretty please. <laughs> Pretty please. And so this is the right at the height of Ott knows about the affair. Uh, doesn't care because he's so knowledgeable about Japanese politics. And and also kind of like gives him credit by being like, oh, he, he calls him Richard the Irresistible and stuff. Uh, and my wife uh, loves his comp. Yeah. I, yeah, and I do too. Uh, and I mean, he fucks my wife. I go right down there. I, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Ott, Ott, <laughs> Ott's work is so good. What's be, Russian he, for he be, snowball? I'm sorry. Ott's work is so good because it's Sorge's work. Because it's Sorge's work. He becomes the ambassador to Japan in 38. And they would have breakfast uh, every day. And uh, hey, what, Omelets? Otlets. Uh, uh, yeah, it was probably like... Uh, Come omelets. Uh, those those sushi, omelets you showed the video Classic up. sushi omelets. Uh, <laughs> you remember the omelet you showed us? The Tom Petty video you played for us? Yeah. Um... <laughs> So I trust it, trust him so much that he's like, you know, divulging everything. And then uh, Sergey is like actually like sending the cables back in his own voice. And Ott is also like giving him like secret cables to send out to the other uh, non-dead con- consulates in like Canton region and uh, Hong Kong, Manila. He's trusted with all that. Um, he said they would come to me and say, we have found out such and such a thing. Have you heard about it, and what do you think? So basically, like, everybody was just relying on how to handle everything from a German perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was uh, riding his motorcycle in Tokyo, uh, very intoxicated, crashed into a wall, badly injured. He was carrying notes given to him by Ozaki at the time. Jesus Christ. And uh, if they had gotten them, he would have... uh, been shot probably on site, and somebody else in the ring got to him before the cops showed up. Yeah, there was always a motorcycle. I think he took that guy's wallet. Yeah, yeah, and they they got um, fuck. Well, I mean, if you're if it based on what you know about this guy, you send someone to follow him home every time because he might crash his motorcycle, yeah. and you're gonna have to find him before the authorities do. In uh, 38 again, he reports to Moscow that there's no attempt uh, from the Japanese to uh, for a general war against the Soviet Union. 
he didn't know that his former boss had been shot as a Trotskyite, and he sent him a letter in 38. Oh, no. Uh, Dear comrade, don't worry about us. Although we are terribly tired and tense, nevertheless, we are disciplined, obedient, decisive, and devoted fellows who are ready to carry out the tasks connected with our great mission. I send sincere greetings to you and your friends. I request you to forward the attached letter and greetings to my wife. Please take the time to see to her welfare. Wait, so he still has a, a wife in Russia at this point. Yes. Yeah, and he yeah. hasn't been there no, he's in like, like fucking Otswai. Yeah. four or five years or something. Yeah. And, and I'm sure she's being really... She probably has someone who's she's making sure <laughs> that she's well taken. I hope care. so. Yeah, she deserves it. I hope it. so too, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I like to think about it. I'm thinking about it right now. You and me both, brother. Uh, you and me both, comrade. <laughs> comrade. 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 So, you know, uh, the the big thing about uh, Sergei's intelligence was firstly being like uh, Operation Barbarossa is happening. Mm. And after uh, six of his commanders were killed, <laughs> the seventh that shows up goes, well, Stalin doesn't think that's true. Well, explain to the audience what Operation Barbarossa. Is. Barbarossa is the uh, the Nazi invasion breaking the non-aggression pact between the Soviet Union and Germany that Hitler would carry out, uh, presumably to just get oil and natural resources, uh, and was probably like you know a real dick move. I mean, the greatest error one uh, of one of it, in military history, I would say. Uh, uh, yeah, certainly up there. Yeah. A lot of uh, it's certainly a bad strategic move. Well, Stalin, yeah. you know, it, 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 you know, in in this very like, if you look at it from like a Martian way, like very far removed, mm-hmm. Stalin was very happy to be like the not the worst guy on the block. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they still got the not the, the Soviets still had uh, lawyers at the at the trials afterwards. Like, yeah, you yeah. Know, the, you know, well, you gotta have a lawyer. No, but but like you know, it's Do you like. Think any of them were Jews? Oh, absolutely not. Wait, 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 at what trials? What are you saying? Nuremberg. Nuremberg? The Nuremberg, you know? It's the like, Soviets had, had you no, know, they're saying the Nazis had lawyers. No, no, the, the Soviets. I'm sorry, did I say Nazis? The you Soviets the Soviets had lawyers. Well, of course. Yes, yes. But but for many, you know, for the for for England and the United States, they're like, really? The Soviets? Well, you I mean, you don't want to you can't defend yourself, dude. You gotta get a lawyer. No, 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 but I'm just saying the the they they were part of the the whole it was it was a, a very weird moment to have uh, such a despicable, quote unquote, regime, also have represent like you know, be working the same trials that the of the people that they had a treaty with. Got it. Anyways, anyway, side side thing. It was a weird. It was. Listen, man, the law is a real labyrinth, man. You have to have somebody to navigate it for you. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. They weren't representing any of the Germans or anything. Oh. Just saying, they were they were they were running. The trials with the other allies. Anyway. Got it. So, you know, basically they were they were they were not believing that there wasn't an attack coming from the east, uh, and they they were disbelieving that there was an attack coming from the west, especially since they were dealing with Hitler on a fairly regular basis, and so, selling them shit. So, uh, a message from Moscow to Sergei was like, Japan must must have commenced important military move. Important movements, military and political, in preparation for the war against the Soviet Union, but you have not provided any appreciable information. Your activity seems to be getting slack. Dude, uh, it's such that Chernobyl shit of like. You're, you're not telling me what I want to hear. You're not telling me what I want to hear. 
And what you're telling me is not what I want to hear. Yeah. Something's wrong with you. Yes, and a lot God, of that. what a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I mean, but it's the same thing when, like, you don't want to tell your boss shit for the same reason. Well, yeah, it, it's an, but it's an ex, it's fucking drawing a sharpie around the fucking NOAA map about the hurricane. Yeah, sure. It's it's it's, it's who it's, is this serving? It's a it's a nightmare for the people who have to tell the truth. They must be. I mean, did, <sighs> right. So. Uh, 30th of May, 1941, Sergei reported to Moscow, Berlin informed Ott that German attack will commence in the latter part of June. Ott, 95% certain war will commence. 20th of June, 41, Sergei reported, Ott told me the war between Germany and the USSR is inevitable. Invest, uh, the codename for Ozaki, told me that the Japanese general staff is already discussing what position to take in the event of the war. Uh, Moscow received the reports, but Stalin and other top Soviet leaders ultimately ignored Sergei's warnings, as well as those of other sources, including early false alarms. But part of the thing with Barbarossa is it kept getting pushed back. So the date was always like, you know, cults with the apocalypse. Yeah. Right. It was like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, you know. Uh, so that didn't help Sergei. So there, but, there, but there was 19 other people saying in... Foreign ministry, uh, this right, area right. of the military, they were like, they're like, and they called them the Red Choir. It was, it, it was Nin- nineteen other spies besides Sorge that were going like, he's going to invade. It wasn't so. It wasn't really a secret, but it was no. But it, it didn't want to hear it. Yeah. It didn't want to hear it. And the seventh takeover leader of military intelligence was like, I don't want to. I be, don't be the number. Se- I don't want to be number seven. Do you know how I got yeah. this job? Yeah. yeah. And and so I got this job by saying so it was uh, all doctored, uh, and it would also be you know it's the same thing of uh, you know give me shit on Iraq from Bush yeah or you know uh, we're Trump, gonna have this Trump demanding the election is his we're gonna have the CIA create yeah. info is so in order for us to say the CIA is info is right it? yeah but it's the thing that's like it's one of those things where you go like okay but if you don't know you're getting shot anyway. Because the, in- the invasion is going to happen, and it's like, yeah. oh, my military, inter- military intelligence leader didn't tell me that. Exactly, you're getting shot either way. Yeah, who do you want to get shot by? It's just like what? you know, uh, uh, you just, the same guy. You just need a better guy to break it down <laughs> for you, honestly, right? It's like better diplomacy of like, I know, I make it make it seem like it's his idea. Yeah, you, well, you need a surrogate to seduce the motherfucker. Yeah, well, you, yeah. You, well, you need to give like Stalin like a fortune cookie that just says like Germany's it's an going to invention. attack. The sure. Fortune cookie. But you know, but make it Stalin's idea is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah uh, but you know, it was constantly pushed back. And so um he didn't come back after the summons back, right? Because he had those outstanding things. And he never really found out that his superior was even killed. Huh. But he was still viewed in Moscow as one that didn't come back. Sure. So that's a thing where it's like, oh, you didn't come back to get murdered. You're sketchy. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> How of dare course. you? All right. Uh, but come on, you pussy. But almost, you know, him not finding out about those murders is what kept him such a dyed-in-the-wool good communist yeah. informant that he reports it, on... His ideology was not poisoned. Right. right. So he reports on the Nazi invasion. And so he, he doesn't understand that Moscow views it suspiciously, plus the guy doesn't want to get killed, mm-hmm. but his shit is accurate, so now he's been trusted again. Yeah. He doesn't have any idea. He had a roundabout way of yeah. yeah. He went full circle there. Yeah. So that's a thing where they say a real that hero's journey. That uh, a real hero. He told hero. He's journey. This is what leads everybody like Forsyth and uh, all those people to you know say that he was the most uh, important spy ever uh, mm. because 
After that, he was trusted. And when he said that there would not be an attack from the east, then Barbarossa could call back all the Siberians. And so the whole Siberia, so the whole like eastern fleet could come and help uh, deter the Hitler threat. Mm -hmm. And because they knew. Based on intelligence, there was there was nothing coming. So that they were saying is how it decides the fate of the planet and how it changes world history. Right. Because Because if those if the fleet was not pulled back, Operation Barbarossa would have been a success. Oh yeah, they were saying like in forty two, if it was a two sided, no Stalin, (laughs) done, done, done. But it was just the the straight up practical decision on the behalf of the Japanese to be like, not enough oil, no, no, and then. Let's, you know, let's go south versus north is how, like, they described mm-hmm. it in, like, where to, you know, go. And, um, a nightmare, huh? Dude, fucking insane. <laughs> We're all so weak and such pussies. <laughs> we suck so bad. God damn it. Not, I don't envy anybody in those wars. So, yeah. I don't so envy those wars, but, man. When, when he learned boy, of... Boy, do we suck. When he learned of Barbarossa, that's when he was in the bar saying Hitler's a, a bandit, uh, you know. He's got one ball. He's got hypospadias. His urethra's on the bottom of his cock. Plus, he's Jewish. <laughs> what do I know? I'm drunk. Paintings suck. That's what he said. So, that's what I heard. <laughs> uh, they said, you know... Uh, you know, basically, it's it's Vietnam, it's Philippines. Like, th- th- there's no attack coming, uh, and now they're kind of buying it. And uh, you they know. don't want to fuck with us, is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, don't me- meanwhile, with the, fuck with the us. Japanese. Meanwhile, through Ott, uh, Hitler is pressuring the Japanese to attack the Soviet Union. He's like, "What the fuck?" Because that was a we big need problem. Barbarossa to be. We that- need them to you know it, divide. It was forces. It, it was a big problem for the Axis powers is that they weren't. Really cooperative. They weren't on an axis because no. because they were. They, all, I mean, they th- all wanted to take over. Yeah, I mean, there's one group <laughs> called the Allies, right? Yeah, because they're allied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also uh, there's. See, the problem is when you're a group of people that wants to take over the world, you all want to take over the world. Yes, and that's why the Sinister Six don't work. That and that's why you have you have to have right secret wars. Is, oh, what if the villains got their shit together? But, well, they're villains. They won't. Yeah, yeah. go ahead, man. Well, I was gonna say, especially when your one of your beliefs is racial superiority. Well, and it's, I mean, and, and you're German and, that. and they're Japanese. I mean, how is that? They, well, I mean, they both, they all feel. Everyone feels that way, right? But it's, people, it's, it's a little some, harder for for the U.S. to do that to Canada, for instance, until it's convenient. <laughs> sure, sure, it'll but, happen eventually. Sure, I'm sure. Well, I mean, it's the thing too, where you go like, ah, we're the same. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're I mean, just I, different I, kinds of white, right, guys? Well, part yeah. of you know, part of the, the Hitler stuff was uh, you know th- that the Slavs were inferior or whatever, right? But it's just like one of those things where you go like, oh, all those people in between you and the Nordic shit yeah, that you think yeah, is yeah, legit, yeah. the other white people you think are like, yeah. give me a fucking break, you know what I mean? Shut the fuck up. It's a fucking joke. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. So yeah, uh, you know, he just like he had all this like stuff where he's like, here's the how. And the why and the what of how that attack is. And, and like, so the main thing finally that the Soviets were most afraid of made them be able to call all that back and just, you know, stop the invasion it was, uh, to Moscow. Like, well, I, ma- I imagine once it happened, then they went back and read all of the cables that they pretended were wrong 
and we're like, oh, okay, so there, here's. Well, no, those those are captured by the Japanese. Oh, yeah, those but, are captured by the Japanese. No, but right, Russia. But what he's saying got is that, meaning that the, the, they went back and they looked at their own deciphered cables, going, "Man, this guy was right the whole fucking time." Yeah, and let's see what info he oh, sent us. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Once they had the key, you yeah. were like, you know, no, no, but maybe, like Russia, once once Barbarossa actually happened. Then they went back and looked at all of the stuff that he had been saying consistently that was true. Uh, I, ima- I imagine because they're like, well, we need to fucking stop this yes, threat. Here's I'm the sure only they info didn't show we it know. to Stalin, though. Yeah, well, would have th- fucking exploded his brain. But that's so that's kind of the thing, right? So that's don't rub it. Don't you don't want to rub Stalin's face? In no, but also you want to go. I need to stop this threat, so I'm going to. Yeah, to try to stop it. You might tell that to the people who. And maybe well, you don't tell Stalin that. You the, just tell him that you're. So doing what your they're best. saying is the information allowed to the release of the Siberian divisions for the Battle of Moscow mm. that led to the first German defeat in the invasion, mm. and it's the turning tide, and that's why they say it's the most important piece of information yeah. passed. So what he war. sent, yes, yeah. which was probably when he sent and it had been sent. Well, right. Yeah, and then when he initially sent it, I'm they said it wasn't you real. Guys, these Japs don't. They're not doing shit. <laughs> These Japanese motherfuckers, they don't give a shit about us. Right. They're worried about all these Filipino motherfuckers, these Indonesian motherfuckers. Yeah, you guys can sleep tight. See, when you say it, when you say it like that, I feel like this character should now be played by Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, yeah, he, he's got, he, he was doing that. These Jap motherfuckers. That's what they're more interested in these Filipinos and these Indonesians and these Papua New Guineas and shit. You, 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 send all the destroyers over there to fight them <laughs> crowd bastards. That's our, that's our guy. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I, I, yeah, I wasn't listening to all that. It was too bigoted. It's too uh, bigoted? <laughs> just fuck with me. It's not bigoted enough. <laughs> all right, cool, man. So, cool. you know, basically, you know, he, he has suspicions raised against him, like, you know, from the, the, the Soviet side, uh, uh, excuse me, the, the, the Nazi side, and people were just like, Meet him and be like, oh no, he's totally cool. Uh, he hates you. Uh, so he's the best Nazi. <laughs> uh, like one guy was sent from the Gestapo to like check him out. This guy Meisinger and like Fuck he, Meisinger's wife. And he was like, no, he just got him drunk. And then like they just Go like he was like, this is one of the best dudes of all time. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best. I one might of- let him fuck my wife, dude. She loved it. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, he's one of the best Nazis of all time. <laughs> and so yeah, it's just this crazy thing. Imagine all of the cables coming back from Japan were really written by a guy working for the Soviets. Like it's so bizarre, and like a thing where, you know, you want to just like report the truth to stay alive because it makes you look good, and also makes your informants look good, mm-hmm. uh, and also the people that you're really getting information from it makes them look good too. But there's a whole thing where you go like, man, what if the Soviets were just like, just say that this, like, if you could like manipulate it, you know, on that like one degree of yeah. of, of separation way, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it could have been so much like, you know what I mean? But also the Soviets didn't really trust him. Uh, like, right. and just because well, the, just, the, the Soviet high command. Exactly. Right, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. But the people who had to make decisions I mean, probably Joseph Stalin didn't trust anybody is really the phrase. But they there. but the guys who had to make decisions based on the invasion probably trusted. Eventually him after, after that. years of correct intel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he was asking to be sent back after it was in, in uh late forty one concluded they would not attack. He was uh in his last communique to Moscow, he was asking to be sent back to Germany um and just still keep spying, right? 
And uh, boy, I love spying. Ooh, Can't me. stop spying. Mm, that's perfect. But Ozaki was arrested fourteenth uh, of October forty one and interrogated. Uh, and <laughs> arrested in Japan. Yes. Um, Yikes. And you know the 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 Japanese uh, kind of secret intelligence thing. They were they were trailing Sergey, and they found that Ott's wife was going to his place. <gasps> found out about that, and uh, snail trailing. <laughs> Ozaki yeah. Ozaki had hot? this thing where. Uh, he was being interrogated, knew it was going to be torture and all that stuff, and jumped out the window. Uh, and his interrogator jumped out the window after him. I'm going to get... He's like, don't you... Don't ah, bat. Ah, like, falling down and... Was like, it, it was, and, a, it was, a, it was it, a first story window. And then... And they both lived. And, but he, he was, was so... It was a first story window. But he was so impressed by his interrogator, go, like, being like, nah, that he confessed everything. Oh, he's impressed you by the the Kamikaze. My confession. Yeah, he's he was impressed by the Kamikaze. That is the most Japanese shit I've ever heard in my life. Yes, yes. Also, them collecting gibberish for seven years. I mean, like we're gonna crack it one day, fellas. No, I don't know. It could no, be. I don't know. It might be some new Japanese I haven't heard of yet. Yeah. Look at it. Could be Japanese. Could be some future Japanese. Maybe we're intercepting tachyons. Sorge was, was gonna love it. Sorge was arrested eighteenth uh, October forty one. <laughs> what did you say? I said your kids are your gonna kids love it. Are gonna love it. <laughs> it's some new Japanese shit we haven't even deciphered yet. Uh, and they said uh, he had been arrested on suspicion of espionage with Max Clausen. And uh, could you imagine being so bought in to your culture of honor that you, but after you, John, jump out of a window to escape torture interrogation, that your guy, the guy who's doing it to you, jumps out. After you, and you're just you just got a big old patriarchy hard, hard on, on yeah. for that. That yeah. you're like, dude, baller move. Kudos to you. Here's the here's everything. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that. Here's, uh, dude. I'm gonna. Take, the, I'll take it out. We're in this together, right? Yeah. N- now we are. Yeah. Kind of the thing. Yeah, brothers, we've brothers. been through it all, huh? Yeah. You, look at us. We've been through a window. We jumped. We jumped out. The, look at us. Look yeah. at us. I'll tell you everything you want to know. God, that's such. Bullshit! I love it. It is. It's really crazy. So stupid. <laughs> but it's also the dopest, right? Yeah, you're Cause, right. Because, because I mean, I hey, mean, man. you could be like, hey, brothers, uh, brothers that, guy, arms, that, that spy. I jumped out of. We jumped out of a window together. You don't understand this. The bond that we have is forever. <laughs> we jumped out of a window together, dude. This is yeah. this is way deeper than fucking someone's wife. Come on, bro. <laughs> so, uh, Ott. You know, is a straight up ambassador, right? Straight up. And also, he had offered uh, uh, Sergei the uh, diplomatic, uh, you know, position. So he would have had diplomatic immunity and not been arrested, you know? And I don't know what he said, but he he said, uh, Ott said, oh, no, this is just Japanese hysteria. Like, there's no way that guy's a spy sort of thing. And... uh, he said, yeah, investigate, no problem. And um, then they, you know, indicted uh, Sergei as a, a Soviet agent. And he was he was locked up in a Sugamo prison. And uh, they thought that he might have been uh, an Abwehr agent, which is a, a German agent, the the, uh, the Nazi. Uh-huh. And... Because uh, he wrote so good. And they, they denied he was one of their agents, and, and then they tortured Sergei, and... Uh, <sighs> He confessed, uh, but the Soviet Union was like, nah, he's not one of ours. No oh, way. my God. 
And the Japanese, what were they uh, gonna say? the Japanese, three different times were like, "Yo, you sure?" And uh, have you seen these tattoos? And they were like, "No, we don't know." Fuck. No, we we shot this man seven years ago when he showed up in in Moscow. And uh, uh, his wife in in September '42 was arrested on uh, being a spy. Uh, wait, uh, wait, which? Sorge's wife? Which yeah, wife? Yeah. Uh, Katya Maximova. Uh, not, not, not the not Japanese one. Not the Japanese one. wife. And wait, did, where was she? She was arrested in Japan. No, in Russia. Oh. And she was oh, sent that. to the Gulag. Never did anything wrong Which at all. Which is different than a Gusenlog, Matt. Died in 43. When I'm there, yeah. When I'm not there, yeah. There's. Uh, Hanako Ishii, the Japanese woman. who. Wait, she, wait, she died there. She died, in, uh, yeah, a year later. Oh. In a Gulag. Gulags are not oh, cool, dude. It's a Gulag. Read a blog. <laughs> Read a read a blog. Read a blog about the gulag, okay? Just <laughs> not everything's sunshine and lollipops. Read a blog about the goose and log. Read a goo blog, a goo blog about the log. <laughs> All right, keep going. It's been a lot of drinks. Hanako Ishii, uh, who is the only uh, person that really you know seemed to uh, love him after uh, you know he was caught, uh, tried to visit him in Sagama Prison. Uh, she. Uh, was like, oh, he's being uh, tortured, uh, and she was concerned that he, uh, she would be named, and he was like, no, I'm not going to say anything to the Kempei Tai um, for, uh, you know, they were they were really feared as torturers, and uh, he 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 ends up striking a deal with them, the Kempei Tai. He seduces them too. That if suck that if they spare her. Uh-huh. And the wives of the other members of the respiring, oh. that he would reveal everything. That's pretty good. Dude. Yeah, I guess. So. I mean, I guess you you go. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna die here, so I might as well. I'm here with my boys. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. So the crew is getting uh, rounded up. He's shot. He's he's uh you know. He's got to uh, confess. And uh, to save up the the, the 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 lives of his his comrades, uh, at least their spouses, right. at least their spouses, uh, or, or loves, uh, mm. other. It's probably because he's fucking. Uh, old. Yeah, he's uh, like I've tasted. Hey, listen, man, all my guys, they got these wives. I'm fucking. Paramore, I, lo- I love them. Um, more and more. So, uh, so that was the deal, though. That was that was a struck deal. Um, to spare the lives of of the female companions and. Uh, he told uh, his captors in the Kempetal that I quote, quote that I successfully approached the German embassy in Japan and won the absolute trust by people there was the foundation of my organization in Japan. Even in Moscow, the fact that I infiltrated into the center of the embassy and made use of it for my spying activity is evaluated as extremely amazing, having no equivalent in history. He knows that he's a badass. Uh, wait, yeah. wait, he wrote that? He, he said that, He yeah. said, I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. Yeah. I successfully negotiated. I mean, well, he didn't die, so he was able to say that, so. It sounds like what, like the most cheesiest resume ever. Successfully negotiated yeah. and <laughs> affirmatively approached. It's like really... <laughs> There was an up- real resume language. There's an upstream dope. of information. Really so good. you know, in the ensuing, uh, you know, he's he's you know arrested, forty one, tortured, uh, tortured, yeah, um, and forty one. That's not late. Uh, he was uh, game. 
Yeah, in prison for three years there. And he was writing a memoir the whole time. On what? Uh, his life as a spy. No, but no. I mean like... On what medium? Like toilet paper his head? on the wall? In his head? Oh, he was tattooing a guy. Well, I mean, <laughs> fucking... I really uh, like that idea. Gulag Archipelago, what's his fucking name? Solzhenitsyn wrote it in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, you know... He was probably probably treated fairly decently, you know. Like one of those other things. than the torture, we don't know how the war is all going to shake out. We might need you, yeah, like what you did with the Romanovs. But however, mm. uh, the the Soviets are just like, no, 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 don't know him, never heard of him. No, we killed him. Uh, and part of that is Stalin was wrong about Barbarossa. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. That's part of the thing, and you didn't come back. To get shot, yeah, and and, you, and that was and that was even proven to be like inadvertent because you were just doing such a good job as a Soviet spy, yeah, uh, that you couldn't come back to get shot, and then you still kept working for us after you should have got killed, yeah. yeah. But also, he didn't find out that his superiors were killed, so it would have been interesting to find out if he was like, oh, the head uh, of you know, basically my intelligence daddy. Has been executed, mm -hmm. and not only that, the guy I kind of knew that was next to him that took over, he's been shot, as well as four other guys that were loosely in the room <laughs> until yeah, yeah. they were left with one guy that didn't believe a word I said. Yeah, I just imagine and, they're like, and, "You're the new guy, kill him. You're yeah, the new guy, kill him." And the so that was the thing. It's like you know, his word wasn't believed, uh, and then the reason that they wouldn't affirm him as an agent was because it would have shown. That Stalin was wrong about Barbarossa. It, right. It would be a, too big of a blow to his ego. Yeah, it was the, his word wasn't believed, and then the reality of his word was dismissed. Yeah, yeah I In mean, order to... And the thing was, too, is that, like, it would make more sense if there was other spies to do, like, to, to protect there, and maybe there was, I don't know. Probably. Uh, but if they were, they would have been broken up into cells, uh, which is the classic, like, sleeper cell formation, yeah. right? You know? Where you don't let each other like I I don't think he knew about the red choir. Yeah, you, uh, no, the the nobody uh, uh, the secrets don't get revealed because nobody knows all the secrets. Right, right. right. But Nick the, Fury. But then the red choir is saying the same thing, and that's you know. But some of those guys, you know, like they had this thing where like they could seduce, you know, heads of state, uh, the elite, uh, you know. <laughs> But then also they would have like the foresight to be like, just talk to the guy in the street, talk to the soldier, and they'd be like, "Are they giving you a summer uniform or a winter uniform?" Right. Yeah. They're, duh. Yeah. yeah. Where are you going next? You know, and a lot of those guys could do that. What so kind of clothes they got you wearing? Yeah. So Simple. Mounting. Uh, what would uh, be seem to be innocuous, but is rich with information? Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean. Imagine trying to open the producers on Broadway in an ambush. It's a lot of fucking moving parts. Yeah. You know? Imagine putting all those explosives in the World Trade Center and taping them up and the guy's on the job and he's going like, man, this fucking conspiracy union sucks. Well, I mean, between, no benefits. between the wives and the bars, those... I mean, don't they know that steel doesn't melt it? <laughs> but between... These fucking idiots. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. it's a living. Back to work. Between the wives and the bars, he's all the time he spent. Those are two very good sources of information. Oh my god! I mean, the guy fucking that knows he's fucking his wife, being like, "I'll tell him anything yeah. because he writes my shit and he knows everything better than me." Yeah, God, it's just I mean, so good, just pumping her full of what? I, I just, I think it's, it's so hot. That thing it is, is, it is uh, pretty uh, hot. 
Just a high stakes hiding. It's got to be an adrenaline junkie thing, yes. right? Oh, uh, well, yeah. And plus, at, at at some point, that's all. And he's you good. Know. At, and he's good at it all. Like some mm-hmm. people are just adrenaline junkies who aren't good at anything. Right, right. right. And then here, here's the thing too, right? Is you look at it this way, because to the end, died in the world communist, uh, hanged. 19- that's why he's, it's the wife sharing. It's our wife. <laughs> it's the people's wife, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I'm the people's husband. Mm-hmm. 7th of November, uh, 1944, hanged uh, in the prison. Oh, wait, what? He was hanged. Yeah. Dude, pay attention. No, I know, but also, it, it, it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> also, Ozaki, yeah. and uh, So they executed him. They executed him, and it was uh, not created because of uh, uh, fuel shortages, of course. Uh, also, why they, why they didn't invade. <laughs> um Buried in a mass grave, and, uh, you know, he left his estate to the wife of Max Clausen, the radio operator that had oh, also no been taken shit. down in the ring, yeah. Last words on the scaffold were... Uh, the the so- pussy was bomb. He goes, the Soviet Communist Party, the International Communist Party, the Red Army. It's the last things he said. Those are just his last words. Last words. Well, he loved to party to the very end. <laughs> he did, yeah. He did, well, dude. here's the thing. Is that the disillusionment that could have happened had he been domestic didn't really happen because he was always he wasn't there on, on the front lines. He fighting. never saw the he never saw yeah. the downside of the party. Well, he might he must have somewhat with uh, but not like they did in the kulaks and. and well, he, he didn't even know that his his the mentor and so to, to his death died, he yeah. did, to his death he didn't know his mentor was shot yeah. or the six fellows or five fellows after him. Uh... And, you know, lesser mentors, but still. But yeah, he knew from the nature of of the communiques coming back that his his shit was not trusted because it was clearly not believed at at, at the top. Uh, but it, yeah, it finally became a thing after the German invasion, and uh, they were just saying if that paranoia kept up, I mean, it could have been uh, curtains. Red Russia curtains. plus iron curtains. Plus, it was you know around that time too that we talked about the thing with Stalin hiding from his own generals, and not understanding he had created such an atmosphere of yeah. total fear, hiding that, from his own bodyguards. That yeah. he he he. He thought they were coming to kill he him. They were coming yeah. to kill him, and then they were they were just asking, to, like, what next? Yeah. Uh, I mean, could you imagine the? I mean, Xanax hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> it was just speed. Yeah. The influence of drugs on international geopolitics yeah. and, and all, history and is all so of, interesting. Yeah, like, could like, you imagine like, if he just had Xanax? There's a book that is just about salt. Like there could be a book yeah. that is just about speed. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm reading this book now about um, drug use in the in ancient Greece. Oh. And it's. Well, I mean, the Oracle of Delphi, right? Is just, oh, that's, that's it's a just bit, a that's, gas leak. It's a big part but of it. I think yeah. for World War II, it was kind of the wonder drug on all fronts, wasn't it? What? Uh, meth. Meth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amphetamines are yeah. kind of, yeah. especially the fighter pilots Gigantic. or or the gunners in the fighter pilots. And, we're, and in, you know, they said uh, like their accuracy was just like dude, it's the best. Bit, 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 and then you just stay awake. I mean, yeah. you just yeah, awake. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you're you're yeah. Focused. And even even if your accuracy diminishes, you're it, being awake is better than being asleep. Yeah, right. And you're, it just, but, uh, it's really good. Uh, but it seems like uh, the Nazis <laughs> leaned in earlier or hardest, maybe, to amphetamines. Uh, yeah, um, you know, there, there are different kinds of drugs, right? Like, um, 
uh, fervent belief is another kind of drug. So like the kamikazes sure, were sure, also yeah. methed up, but also methed up on belief. Sure. Um, you have to imagine. But amphetamine had been around prior to World War II, quite a bit prior, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. It was not around for World War One, but um, but you know, the, I think this is just me kind of thinking out loud. Like morphine and and meth. Or morphine and speed were, were are two of the biggest advents in it. Well, morphine war, was a, was warfare. Uh, period. Morphine was a WW one one. Yeah, I mean, war, war. You could die somewhat less in agony. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you, I mean? Do you imagine though? Like, uh, is there is there some sort of like uh, and then heroin, tie in? Sorry, go ahead. Tie in with like American capitalism and did American soldiers smoke more cigarettes than every other? Uh, you know, and did that make them better or worse? As soldiers, uh, once cigarettes got to Europe, they were all pretty down. But but and and Japan, were the were the other were the other armies just handed cigarettes the way American soldiers were? Yeah, yeah. And cigarettes had been around since fifteen hundred. Like, but but, they were getting tobacco for a long time anyway. Sure, sure. But but there was uh, there was this pipeline of uh, cigarette companies in America to the army. Oh yeah, yeah, and chocolate, yeah, and coffee. You know the the, the, Coca Cola. We talked about that. Yeah, ration. I mean, if you read soldiers' rations over the years, yes, yes, heavily influenced by. And even even now, it's like fucking like like these garbage. Fucking lunch companies that are running the buffets in in Iraq. Oh, and Halliburton, yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, keep going. Man. Real quick. Um, so, uh, when the uh, the Americans are occupying uh, Japan, uh, mm-hmm. his lover Hanako Ishii, uh, she uh got his skeleton out of the mass grave. Huh. And how uh, she knows is a big fucking cock. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it was yeah. a big cock, and also the distinctive dental work and a poorly set broken leg. That's his broken fuck. I knew that limp anyway. Oh, I've seen that cock limp. She had him uh, cremated. She had his he loved her. ashes interred. Section seventeen, area one, row twenty one, plot sixteen at the Tama Cemetery in Fuchu, Tokyo. Huh. And she had put up a black marble tombstone bearing the epitaph, which reads in Japanese, Here lies a hero who sacrificed his life fighting against a war and for world peace. Huh. Uh, she kept his black marble. She kept nice. his she kept his teeth, belt, and spectacles, and had a ring made of his bridge work, which was gold. Oh my gosh. And That's uh, she wore that for the rest romantic. Wore yeah. that for the rest of her life, which ends in the year two thousand. Holy in the year two thousand. And after she died, she had her ashes uh, buried beside his. Oh, that's really romantic. Uh, and it wasn't until sixty-four. But a beautiful tale of love. Until sixty-four, uh, the Soviet Union acknowledged him, and that was because of what we said about it was it, it was in a, sixty-four they did. In sixty-four they did, okay. but before that they didn't. Because right, gotcha, gotcha. Because yeah, the whole you can't be wrong, right? Yeah. And mm. so there was actually a French filmmaker that was like it was like a. There was a film called uh, Who Are You, Mr. Sergei? And he got to Khrushchev, and he was like, who actually is this motherfucker? And then like the story was basically told, and this was right around Berlin Wall going up, uh, complications uh-huh. with Kennedy, uh, tensions with Cuba, all that stuff, and they were like, oh, we need uh, like a good anti-Nazi Soviet True hero. guy. That's and very, so they resuscitated nice. his, his image, which had been... Flushed, uh, yeah. and it only come back from the western side. 
Who because, keeps records? Oh, because they were also like, oh, this guy was a fucking maniac yeah. too. You know? Yeah. Um. What a what a wonderful uh, dichotomy of. Uh, well, hey, we got to get our enemies because we 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 need to ask our enemies a favor because, well, they kept the records and right. their way of life is better. <laughs> but we need <laughs> that one thing. Well, they they kept they kept our. I mean. Well, because he's thing, Nazis kept good records too. <laughs> but yes, and now he he was remembered as a, as a hated individual in the fifties yeah. because of how many like Wehrmacht he would have killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they were kind of like when they like were like oh. he's anti-Nazi. When they checked themselves, they were like they almost wrecked themselves. Ugh. They were like, <laughs> you know, oh, this guy is actually kind of cool, right? Uh. He was anti-Nazi before us. As, yeah, as soon as they realized, like, oh, yeah, we were fucked up and stuff. Um, and uh, he gave a speech that, uh, you know, was, like, talking about the guys that were, were trying to have, like, early coups against Hitler and stuff like that. And uh, that it's just, isn't that so weird that there's, like, a West German government for, like, 10 years after the war that's like, fuck anybody that wasn't down with Hitler. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers are crazy. Yeah. Wait, wait, so... So he's the West German government was was pro Hitler, not pro Hitler, but like okay with Hitler. Well, I mean, they're a nation recovering from war, right? Yeah, sure, sure. And they've got now an occupying force, but at least the occupying force is like repairing the roads, right? So it slowly like simmers the temper, which was the the whole point of reconstruction, right? Was to be like we can't do what we did to them after the First World War because they'll come back harder and stronger, right? We have to go there and be like. Let hey, me, let me show you how like, Coca Cola. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, we're not as maybe ruthless as the communists. Maybe, maybe. Who's to say? Well, we, yeah, we're doing it. We'll do it our own way. I mean, so, but you know, so, so, so later on, the Germans were like, "Oh no, this guy was actually right to be a German fighting against fascism and all that stuff." Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not familiar with that whole like the Germans. Which when they, when did they decide that Nazi basically na- Nazism like, is no longer allowed? You know, when I, they, I mean, you know, I mean, think about just like I don't know, the, the rippling don't know. thing of actually accepting the Holocaust. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, like that's like, gonna like, take like, like, that's very that's fascinating. Take a minute to well, sink it, in. It would probably take a generation. Because it'll I'm, take people who weren't there when you gotta have some people die out and new people born in. Yeah, I mean people who, who it, propaganda takes time. It'll take people who who weren't there when it happened to say no. This was because the people who were there when it happened uh, have already yeah you know they've already accepted some of it you know whether they knew it or not. But that was the thing is that like they were going like oh well you know everybody believed in like fucking magic and nonsense and they like brainwashed soldiers. Right. And all that stuff. And they would see images coming back of like burned people from camps and they'd be like, we didn't fucking do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would be so hard to let it sink in. Well, you guys, I mean, the, I mean the, you know, it's so easy people to lie would, to yourself about. Yeah. Look, yeah. And you'd be like, there was three powers at war, two of them won, and they, you know, are kind of hostile to each other, but they all agree that we suck. Yeah. And this is what they say about us. Yeah. And you would be like, like, I Hitler, never saw Hitler, that. Hitler kept it so far away. You yeah. know, and and then even then, when like it was acknowledged that it was happening, he showed them all playing soccer and having the time of their lives in the camps. You know, right, right. So they were just like they just didn't want to believe they were fucking wrong. You know. Yes, yes, yeah. But also, how times have changed. So also, <laughs> next yeah. story. Yeah. So all yeah yeah I mean you're not gonna hear like all the Russians talking about you know the great Gulag fucking goof troop. You know what I mean? Like the Gulag goof troop. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, these guys improv. Oh, so. you got his. Anyway, so I, I just, I mean, that was, you know, his his in standing, Soviet Russia, yes, ands you. <laughs> his standing was, uh, you know, he had multiple like kind of resuscitations, and it's weird that it started in Western media first, like a French film, and then Khrushchev was like, "What?" But and, of, but and, of course it does yeah, because yeah. they're they've they're allowed to. Maybe we and they like a rogue, maybe. right? Yeah. Um. And, you know, so, like, you know, all these things that are, are said about him, like, are, you know, there's lots of books written based on him and stuff like that. And they'll, they'll betray him as more of a rogue. They'll betray him as more of a... a, of a, a it depends on what the status quo is. Oh, oh, right, yeah. 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 But the quotes... your hero's position. The quotes. Uh, Douglas MacArthur, uh, the great general, uh, a devastating mm. example of a brilliant success of espionage, uh, again, Spy Kim Philby, his work was impeccable. Um, Ian Fleming's quote, Tom Clancy's quote, uh, Spy Who Changed the World from Lance Morrow, uh, Carl Bernstein, uh, Frederick Forsey's quote that I, I said, uh, Le Figaro called him Stalin's James Bond. Right, right. And I mean, he seems to be such a basis for James Bond with the the, the drinking and the womanizing. And, sure, sure. Uh, but here's the most... Interesting quote that kind of destroyed me about the whole thing. In my whole life, I have never met anyone as great as he was. And that was said by Mitsusada Yoshiwaka, the chief prosecutor in his trial. The man who sentenced them to death. Right. So this this is very much like Sophie. <laughs> yeah. Soul. Yeah. I mean, he, and, you know. Her, exe- her executioner said, I've never seen anybody that brave. As right. great. Right, right. He said, as gr- I've never met anybody as great as him. I mean, fucking incredible. It wouldn't want, like, that, the persuasion, the, the, the drip is severe, right? Like, the currency is charisma there. Sure. I mean, this is not a, it, it only just makes me think of this, but Ted Bundy, when hit the judge who sentencing Ted Bundy. I wish I saw you practice law in my court. Yeah, you would yeah. have had a great, bright future, son. Yeah. Now, it's a real shame that I have to do this to you. You would I would have loved to see you practice law. I mean, right. it's perverted. Well, it, 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 I mean, it, it is, is something. It is. And it's also relative to the 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 situation they are in, that prosecutor is prosecuting all kinds of quote unquote criminals, whether they're criminals or not. Right. But maybe not the professors of the city or something. That judge in the Ted Bundy case well, here, has to has to has to be a judge you, for but, cases. But you know that it I mean it's re it's, But but I, I'm just saying that he's he's saying in that Ted Bundy in, instance he's Thing. I've seen a lot of insane people come through here. Yeah, you know, and uh, he's also you could have done better. Of right? course, of right. course. Yeah. But he, he's a Florida judge. I was just going to say that he <laughs> yeah. was in Florida. The bar is low. And he's going. You got a bigger vocabulary than me, partner. <laughs> I mean, shit. Hey, you should be wearing this robe. <laughs> I mean, uh, you ever dress up? How many years? <laughs> You think I could do what you do? I think, I think uh, you could do what I do. <laughs> I think, Why don't we switch? Trading places style, baby. I think uh, a big part of it is is, is what uh, his biographer gets so right is that 
he never stopped being himself. And it was, you know, he seemed, you know, so pro-Nazi in, in, in the writing and stuff like that. But his own image was like of this, I'm a veteran rogue of the First World War and I won't really be like tamed by any, like I am a drunk and I am, you know, a fucking uh, scoundrel with women and I don't care who knows it or sees it. Uh, and so much to the point that anything I tell you, you accept as fact because I clearly I do not a give a goddamn fuck. Right. Um, and I'm preying upon that. And I'm preying upon that in every way imaginable. And But that also makes you... You go like, okay, well, so you, like, I don't give a fuck. You know, I don't give a fuck, and I know that you know that yes. I don't give a fuck, and I am using that against yes. you. Why? But, uh, because I don't give a fuck. Right, right, yeah. right. The Nazi uh, regime is in the ascendancy, and they have determined that World War One veterans like this guy have an out to be however they want. Well, they have the carte blanche treatment, and <laughs> and so those posh people have to be like, yes, yes, we agree. And also, the guy in the street can talk to this guy because he doesn't have to, like, kiss ass to the yeah. Nazi regime. Right. So he can talk to everybody yeah. in every way, on every level. And he's always really being himself. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like, he, he, you know, in his memoir, he just basically said, like, yeah, this is, I was this type of motherfucker, but I was always down for the cause. And he, he shows through his memoirs that he, he always thought the Soviets were going to come save him. To the death, and then wow. even even to the death, he still says, "I'm still down for the cause." I, I I find it fascinating because it you know the idea of a, a, a of a spy I think is 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 so perverted by media because they don't have time to tell the story about what a spy could or or should be or or whatnot. You know, it's like you know, I've, I've I I honestly I took a college class about James Bond. It was a, it was a whole thing, but. Um, it was, you know, it's a hero narrative thing. And that's where I learned about Joseph Campbell and blah, blah, But his idea of spying, like, you know, the idea of James Bond, he just shows up as a rich guy. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, who's this random rich guy? We have no idea who random, but this guy, he's... Well, that's the thing, yeah. The false identity, everything they said he, was like... He, he, but he's, he's doing, he's doing, the you know, he's, he's doing him. actual reporter. Yeah. He's an actual uh, art, agri agricultural scientist. Yes. He's actually knowledgeable about the thing. Well, that's the thing. Is that it's bending everything to you. Yes. Rather yes. than you showing up being like, uh -huh, I know a lot about... Uh, playing a role. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. He's not playing a role. Like, all, he, all that he, shit goes out the window, and it's just being like... The most believable thing is the truth. If he wasn't, if he wasn't actually spying, he could have still held down those other jobs that he yes. was doing to spy. And not only that, but just like the thing of like you know, the number one thing is talking to the officers, mm -hmm. and because they mostly were vets with that experience, and went through all of that same shit and the anger ensuing afterwards and wanting to do something about it. Like you can still identify with it. And you'd be like, oh yeah, you yeah. went Hitler's way. I went Stalin's way. Like, but I still get where you're coming from. Yeah. So the uh the bonhomie, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, the, there is something about there's a, a something, national draft that Yeah, and there's just something about too, like, you know, even now these fuckers like they're all swept up in Nazism, but only a few of us really get where this shit came from, and it was, you know, 
frustrated, you know, uh, fucking uh, Kaiser soldiers. Well, I mean, you know, it makes me wonder if there's uh, the partisanship that the United States uh, has and is growing. Can that be tracked with the fact that the draft does not happen in the United States anymore? And there's not there's not a single thing. Right, like the yes. draft would be like one yes. thing that could connect you, you everybody. Can do, you can do a different kind of service corps, yeah, other than a military draft. Yeah, mm. um, but you know, if you the hiding in in you, college was always the thing for you, the rich people. You, rich people sure. were always hiding in college. Yeah, and uh, but that was going to come to it, an end, it, and that's what stopped the draft. I think for Vietnam. Yes, the deferments. I think was fortunate like, son. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Heard it, of it? It was. <laughs> it was being like, yeah, no, we don't. We'd be we, and we'd all be a lot more engaged in where and when we wage war. Yes, of course, yes, absolutely. If there if was a national we are, draft, yeah, but the, our population is so big, we don't need one. Yeah, but that's also a thing. Uh, and, and, uh, also, and the economy's so bad that you can have. You don't need one. You don't because need one. Yeah, yeah. Will, because we'll join it for jobs. And 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 our immigration system is so bad that you don't need one because but, but they will here, join to become. Here's American the thing: citizens. is that at that time, uh, it was television and it was acceleration of information because, like. You know, if you're out on the farm in Kansas, you don't know that, you know, the guy in fucking Dartmouth doesn't have to go and you have to go. <laughs> right, yeah. You would assume probably, but like the acceleration of information was everything where people yes. were going like, oh yeah, that guy's he's not going and like, oh, that guy has bone spurs, you know, <laughs> and all that shit. And, yeah. and then you were just like, okay, we've realized this is all bullshit. And that's the, the sort of thing that... You know, I kind of think about with uh, the Jinx with Robert Durst, who's yeah, just yeah. been sentenced, and they yeah. were like, "Oh, it took an HBO documentary to shame you into being like, oh, rich people shouldn't be able to get away with murder, or or four of them." Yeah, yeah. But like that's the level we're at now, yeah. where like those are the things that actually bring about justice. Yeah. You know, uh, with the you know what I started with, which you know the Jimmy Casino thing, mm-hmm. this thing where like you know. Back in the day, there was so much complicity between, like, like I had a friend, I'm not going to say his name or anything, because he's actually actually got, like, real shit going on with like, yeah, his yeah. father's murder. I remember Steve, yeah. <laughs> but, like, basically, like, he was in, you know, a podunk town, and he was disappeared. Oh. And in the years ensuing, the sheriff's department was just like, just don't ask questions. And, like... Like, thanks, guys. And afterwards, Jesus like, they were just kind of going, like, yeah, but now it's, like, 2,000-something, and that's not yeah. acceptable. Yeah. So, like, what happened? Well, then it's don't ask questions because now we'll look bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it was back then, too. No, back then it was we'll get fucking disappeared. Too. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they were saying, and you will, too. Yeah, yeah. They were going, oh, there's greater forces at play, and it's like, yeah. well, no, you were a corrupt police department, and you're asking yeah. me to go along with it, and my dead husband, too. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, you know, that, that's the thing that's like, you know, the, the increase in communication and connectedness yes, at it, least has that going for yeah, it. Yeah. In, in that way. There's in also, that way too. yeah, an increase in bullshit too. But oh yeah. No, not, I mean, that's not totally for this episode. Yes. <sighs> Boy. Greatest spy of all time, huh? Jesus. John, this was great. This is pretty wild shit. It's a great story. How'd you, how'd you hear about this one? There was like an advertisement for like some kind of like audio book or something that yeah. I saw, and I was like, "Flashlight." Oh, what? And they, I think they call him Stalin's James Bond. Uh, but then uh, this guy uh, wrote a book that was uh, based on Kim Philby's quote, which is called "An Impeccable Spy," mm-hmm. and that guy is uh, 
great author. Mm. Um, really versed in the times, and 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 it, it is one of those things where, like, when you get into it, like, just not understanding where every country's going to go and how up in the air everything is, like, you really don't know. To the point of, like, you know, uh, my dad, of course, being an Irish guy, was just like, it was pretty touch and go whether the Brits might have joined them because yes, they were so yes. familial related. They and, did. They did have peace in their time. And yeah, the Nazi right. sympathizers like list was like it was like yeah. the JFK file where like oh yeah we'll release that yeah, next year yeah, yeah because yeah. it was like vast yeah because they're Germans they're they're like they're, they're straight up Germans yeah and you know One there's of them parachuted into like the Tower of London yeah, yeah there's I mean yeah and that was cousin. Oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 I mean, no, 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 hold on. It was Rudolf Hess. Yeah, and Hess did that because he was so sure that they would take him in. And that they him would be like, "Oh, you Come get." Yeah. And that's the thing is, like you know, like I'll, like <laughs> it just takes. Nah, that's like, it's like the Cubans that get to Cuba. That yeah, get to Cuba post revolution. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but it's uh, it's also one of those things too, where like the the Brits' main reason for not being in it would be like, well, we want to be the daddy. Yes. yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've got our colony. You know, uh, that I think that would be the main. They'd be like, "Oh no, uh, take, I'm the taking now. over shit, uh, colonization." No, we got that all down. Yeah, yeah. But we'll let you burn out and sweep up the. We'll come in and swoop up the mess. There, and, there's a there's a whole new argument about Winston Churchill, where where uh, everything he did was wrong except for his fight against Hitler, and the only reason that he was able to fight Hitler correctly was because he understood Hitler because he was also a megalomaniac. Yeah. And that's the one well, reason the, that the one thing he got right oh, was yeah. fighting Hitler and everything else he did. What did you say like about Patton too, even? Yeah, yeah, abs- 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 absolutely. Are they men leading shit? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. You gotta be. You shouldn't, if you're not a megalomaniac, you shouldn't be there. Right. Yeah. And also, you just shouldn't be there. <laughs> well, yeah, and then, there, you know, then there's MacArthur who fucking cut out on his troops yeah. and left, left them all in Corregidor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And but also fought in every war in his lifetime. Sure. But and referred to himself in the third person. And then ran for president to. Uh, God bless us. Yeah. But did fight in every war in his lifetime. Yeah, like like from uh, eligible like, and, age. And was everyone. Like, yeah, but is that a positive? No, but people. Did, it's a he, thing. he did have a career. There was a, a thing about him that he was kind of like a born leader type of guy. Yeah. Right. But in any other time, definitely born fighter too. And, yeah. Yeah. Patton had a little bit of uh, of the the Teddy uh, yeah inferiority yeah. thing where he's like oh I come from kind of posh uh, West Point type shit and now I need to go and be more of a fucking get like, in the trenches yeah get in the trenches yeah kind of thing enjoy it I guess yeah and he was also he didn't believe in uh, uh, he didn't believe in shell shock and shit. I mean, in 1919, I, you might have thought I mean they called it shell shock yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, which yeah. honestly. I mean, Carlin said it. Maybe if we yeah, stopped yeah, calling it PTSD and started calling it shell shock, some of these people would get the treatment they deserve. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, it's we throw that the term around lightly. PTSD. Yeah, everyone's got it apparently. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shell shock. No, shell shock does sound cool. It, it's. I mean, it's, no, more, it's more severe. It became a shell shock. Became a thing in Ninja Turtles. Yes, I was just gonna say the Ninja Turtles video game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shell shock. They got shell. Yeah. 
Like, and, okay. and speaking of Michelangelo like, and me being his David Duchovny, yeah. is that where we wrap it up? Yeah, probably. Should. I, uh, yeah, I do think uh, <laughs> it probably was a thing where like he, you know, they have the thing with like uh, Barry Pepper in, in Saving Private Ryan, where the craziest guy is like not worried about being there. And I think that was kind of Patton's outlook. And that's why he was like, he would see people be horrified by war. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, what's wrong with you? It's war. This is the and best. It's like, yeah. He's like, it's like, well, Patton, you're crazy. You know what I mean? Well, he's, reading, he's reading General Sherman quotes being like, ah, I love this. Yeah, but I mean, he, he did get, I mean, he would really be on the beach, battlefield. Like, I mean, he wasn't some guy like back in a tent. Right. No, no, right. But also then, but also then, he, then they sent him back in the tent when they were figuring out D-Day because because he was a violence monger. Yeah. Like he, 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 there is, I, reading his book, War as I Knew It, he said uh, at the meeting, I argued for violence everywhere with everything, yeah. which sounds like a five year old's plan yeah. for war. Yes. I've got two war, two battles. One time there was, it was a one war war, and now it's a two. We squirt, I squirt the, the blood in the, in the breaches of Omar. Folks, uh, if you want to understand that reference, uh, subscribe to Patreon. Okay, and you will get it. We <laughs> talked about a uh, crazy bachelor party, and that's where that. Ties into the Second World War. <laughs> but I think Second we, World Squirt. We oh, sh- come on. Second Squirt War? Folks, uh, Profiles and Eccentricity on Instagram, PP Podcast on Twitter, Patreon, $5 a month, Try extra episode per week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say goodnight. My name is John Fahey. I'm Aaron Peter, the greatest spy of all times. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We love you. Good night. Starbanks Avenue, a podcast network.